Love it. It's 48 degrees now at DBE. I'm Val Porter. Parkland, Florida is trying to cope after a mass shooting that left 17 people dead at the local high school. Hundreds gathered at a candlelight vigil last night to remember the victims of the attack at Marjorie Stoneman Douglas High School. Here is the high school's senior class president, Julia Cordover, honoring those whose lives were lost this week. So now I'm going to read the 17 names of the victims. Carmen Centrum, Meadow Pollock, Peter Wang, Nicholas Dort, Mr. Christopher Hickson, Mr. Aaron Feiss, Luke Oyer, Elena Petty, Jamie Guttenberg, Martin Duquet, Alyssa Alhadef, <laughs> Helena Ramsey, Mr. Scott Beagle, Joaquin Oliver, Kara Logren, Gina Montalto, and Alexander Schachter. Chicago Cubs star Anthony Rizzo attended Marjorie Stoneman Douglas High School where the shooting occurred. He also has a home there. According to the South Florida Sun Sentinel, he became emotional when addressing those attending last night's vigil. Rizzo said, I grew up in Stoneman Douglas. I played on those fields. I went to those classes. I studied in those classrooms. Former Trump campaign advisor Rick Gates is finalizing a plea deal with a special counsel Robert Mueller's office. CNN reports Gates has been in plea negotiations with Mueller's team for nearly a month. Gates and former Trump campaign manager Paul Manafort were charged last year for money laundering, tax fraud, and conspiracy against the U.S. If Gates agrees to the deal, that would make him the third cooperating witness in the Russia investigation. Former National Security Advisor Michael Flynn and former Trump campaign foreign policy advisor George Papadopoulos are both cooperating witnesses in the investigation after pleading guilty to making false statements to federal investigators. I love when people are like, there's nothing to that Russia. It's all fake news, that Russia stuff. It's like, Three of the people on the campaign have been indicted and pled guilty <laughs> and have deals going on right now. And that's just the start. Yeah, you usually don't plead guilty if you're not. Usually don't. Also, you know. Especially these guys. What's with all the special meetings with the Russians that we don't get to know about but they report on in Russia? What's, uh, you know. Hmm. hmm. That seems weird. How come they aren't imposing the sanctions that we voted into law and he signed as a bill? Hmm. Maybe they wanted to solve this adoption thing, and they wanted to surprise <laughs> us with it, and we ruined the surprise. It might have been it. You know what it is? It's gonna. He's gonna come out with a series of Trump nesting dolls, and he's been negotiating <laughs> with the Russians for a long time. <laughs> but he said he wasn't gonna capitalize in his businesses. So right. So that know, can't be that. Right. Yeah. Remember he's when he... certainly not capitalizing on his businesses by having every world leader summit at a place he owns. Remember when he had that one press conference where he just had papers everywhere? <laughs> Stacks. Yeah. That, 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 terif- that terrified me more than anything. <laughs> they were empty papers. Yeah. There blank. was nothing on the paper. They were blank. And he just like unloaded a couple pallets from Staples. Reams of them. And they didn't think they needed to even. They're like, you know, it doesn't even matter if there's anything on this. 
we're just putting these out here for show. And then people are like, let's see what's on them. And they're like, no. <laughs> and that was when it started. That was when the gaslighting began. Oh, it's been a fun, horrible, horrific, sleepless ride. Well, in hopefully news that will uh, maybe make things a little more equal, the Pennsylvania Supreme Court could review as many as five proposed maps trying to redraw the congressional districts in Pennsylvania. At this point, the court has received one from House Democrats and Senate Democrats, as one as well as one from a gr- group of Republicans. There are at least two more, including one from Governor Tom Wolf himself. The court will review and consult with Stanford law professor Nathan Persley on the proposals he has previously worked with with judges on redrawing districts in Connecticut, Georgia, Maryland, North Carolina, and New York. Flu shots are proving to be just 25% effective against the worst strain this year. The CDC claims flu vaccines reduce chances of getting sick by roughly one-third, but seem to be only 25% effective against the most prevalent strain this season. The preliminary report does not shock flu experts who continue to track the worst season in the last decade. According to the CDC, flu shots typically keep about 40 to 60% of people from needing high hospital intervention. The worst strain this year is the H3N3 and flu experts say vaccines do remain worthwhile. Some people not very happy about changes McDonald's is making to its Happy Meals. The fast food giant is taking cheeseburgers off its iconic kids meal menu for nutritional reasons. Customers took to social media to voice their displeasure. Many blasted McDonald's for interfering with a parent's decision on what their kids should eat. The Happy Meals will also see a smaller size of French fries and cuts to the amount of sugar in the chocolate milk. You are not allowed to text while driving in Pennsylvania because it's a dangerous distraction. 92% of people say checking out apps on your phone is the biggest distraction while driving. After that, it's texting or sending emails, talking on the phone, looking at the GPS, eating, changing the radio station, our car's warning signs, and talking to other people in the car. If you can't have a conversation with another person in the car, maybe you shouldn't be driving. Yeah, you should oh, not yeah. have a license. Yeah, but I have friends who do that. I am i don't think they should. <laughs> because they'll talk to me and they slow down. It's like every time they have something to say, they slow down and like turn to the right. Oh, I'm like, my you gotta, God. No, pro- don't let them Keep your drive. eye on the road. Primary job. You be the driver. Move forward. Survey also found 10% of people have personally gotten into an accident or almost gotten into an accident because they were distracted. In celebrity couples news, Amy Schumer is a married woman. Us Weekly reports the comedian from Long Island said, I do earlier this week to 37-year-old chef Chris Fisher. Uh, It was a surprise wedding in Malibu. The 36-year-old actress had just recently confirmed the relationship, posting a photo to social media of the two at Ellen's 60th birthday party. That would be Ellen DeGeneres. Uh, She posted to Instagram a wedding photo of the two and told fans she's not pregnant and to donate to gun safety in lieu of gifts. And Jennifer Aniston and Justin Theroux splitting. TMZ says all signs point to divorce after the couple issued a statement saying they made a mutual decision to split at the end of 2017. It added they look forward to continuing their cherished friendship. She's trying to rekindle with Brad Pitt. No, no doubt question. about it. It's back on. Makeup sex is even better like a <laughs> decade later. Think about how bad Brad Pitt screwed up. Now, granted... Angelina Jolie was, you know, that's a once in a lifetime. That's a LeBron James situation there. I get it. Yeah. She's inordinately beautiful. Drop she was dead everything. gorgeous. Drop dead gorgeous. Jennifer Aniston, 
not exactly ugly. I mean, Jennifer yeah, Aniston. she's no... Uh... Also ridiculously beautiful. Big difference. Jennifer Aniston, chill, cool chick, by all accounts, wake up, do bong hits. <laughs> like, seriously, this is, was right. his life. Waking up, doing bong hits, walking on the beach, getting his workout in. You know, just Hanging chill loose. stuff. Yeah. And then all of a sudden, he's with Angelina Jolie. Really exciting first first year especially and you know drinking blood oh yeah drinking blood and, and making limos. packs and uh, you know just having like you mean packs called... their son no oh that's right they have a son named packs yeah making <laughs> packs yeah that was fun p a c t s you know like over a cauldron or something you know like yeah. uh, Wiccan wild <laughs> and then Crazy uh, sex. all of a sudden now you have eighteen kids from yeah. and you have to travel all over. Non-stop at Angelina's whim. She hates you. She immediately hated him for some reason. Well, he, he, he probably deserved it. But he probably cheated. He was probably him. like doing waking up like, I'm going to wake up and do bong hits. And she's like, no, our life now is like we're picking up litter in Cambodia. And he's like, no, what happened to the, I want to, let's get a froyo and go for a walk on the beach. <laughs> <laughs> and so he had that with Jennifer Aniston. Very chill. Zero ball busting. See? You guys, you go for the crazy hot chicks, and then you go, huh, hmm. that was a bad move. <laughs> that was a bad call. No, you know. I mean, you guys collectively. Now say. my house not, is not the you UN. <laughs> it's a collective you. My house, is, my house now is a Benetton ad. Do they, do they have three of their own? I don't even know. I, don't they have twins? Yeah, they have twins. And then, yeah, they have a... Shiloh is the Shiloh. Yeah, and I have no doubt that she is like one of the more impressive people um you know that walks the earth. She is really she's humanitarian. Done a, yeah, she's yeah. done a lot of incredible things. It's just that crazy she's girlfriend. crazy a little bit on top of that and um maybe he didn't want to do all that stuff. Maybe he was happier when he was just chilling out. See, I think he tuned out like the red flags with her. Like whenever she was walking the red carpet with a vial of Billy Bob Thornton's blood on her, around her neck and making out with, making her, brother. Out with her brother, like I'd have been like, <laughs> I don't know, red flag. What, what's red uh, what's flag. up here? Ah, uh, she's good in the sack. God, she's so hot though. I mean, and look. he got her right at the. I mean, the Mister and Mrs. Smith that movie. Like she's at the top of her game. She's but, in her prime. You see. You see what you guys can do to us? Yeah. You can bring the you, you guys bring down empires. <laughs> That's Just, right. Who does who sang that song? Sheena Easton. Nations go to war over women like you. Oh, really? Big 80s song. Oh, wow. I don't know really that Really current reference. Yeah, that's okay. <laughs> Starting the day off. That's car- 80s. That's all right. I had a, a worse one than that just a, a minute ago. Now, I can't remember what it was. I had a Jay-Z she- one that I can't say on the air. <laughs> <laughs> Is Sheena Easton still around? Probably not. I don't think so. I, I think know. she actually, uh, she. I think she was ill for a while. I'm not mm-hmm. sure. Are you Googling that, Joe? No, are you Googling I- Sheena Easton? Interim, he doesn't know who Sheena Easton Interim is, Joe, probably. look up Sheena Easton. Oh, we have some Sheena Easton in the library. Do we? Yeah. Oh, God. It. Sheena Easton and Eddie Rabbit, I always imagine, just went off into oh, the distance and we never heard rainy night. Yeah. Well, you got a rainy night last Ooh, night. Yeah. Last night was straight Eddie Rabbit. Oh, this uh, is a good morning song. 
Oh my lord, Val, stop it. Will you quit that? Thanks. That right. song sounded familiar. Oh, it's. It was a huge hit when Bill, you were five years old. Yeah, mm-hmm. Bill, those were big hits back in the day. Those good, wholesome songs like that are what the right. uh, women pop stars used to sing. Hey, you don't have to tell me. I mean, I was an 80s kid. I mean, that music, the 80s is its own genre of music. When has a decade ever been its own genre? There was some really good, awful music in the 80s. Totally agree. Oh, yeah. Some fun music, a lot of colors in the uh, videos. A lot of pastels. <laughs> it, was, it was a big transition in the industry from a production standpoint. That's why. There was so much digital Electronic. technology moving into the studio that people were just getting into using it, and it became part of the sound. There was a lot of really great, authentic rock and roll happening that kind of gets lost in it because the 80s were such a wash in that new digital production. Worst invention of the 80s? Just think of Miami Vice. Electronic drums. Yeah, because just the beginning of... Those electronic drums at the beginning of uh, Miami Vice. Like, that was mm-hmm. the sound, man. Look at Val. Quick on the trigger. That's right. This is Jan Hammer, right? This was a hit. Like, yeah. this was a hit song. Yeah, you'd wake up to go to school in the morning and this song would be on the radio. Yeah, Jan Hammer, yes. Jan Hammer, who is, I mean, Jan Hammer's famous. Wasn't Jan Hammer in Mahavishnu Orchestra? Maybe. Yeah, I think he was. All right. Forecast today, rain and snow. Temperatures will drop into the 30s. Teens overnight tonight. It's 48 at DVE. There it is. Oh. So bad. Oh, turn it off. I actually like it. (laughs) It's nostalgic for me. It just reminds me of just fun TV shows. What was the Sheena Easton Seinfeld episode, Morning Train? I have no idea. Joe wrote Sheena Easton Morning Train Seinfeld episode. There was one? Which one was that? I don't know. Go ahead, pot up your yeah, mic. You is when George like, fakes his disability? I don't remember uh, that. I, d- I vaguely do remember that now, but I can't. Uh, I, I'm not sure. Sheena Easton wasn't in the episode, was she? No, just that song. It's playing in the background. Oh, uh, okay. Oh, yeah. <laughs> That sounds like something that would be in the background. Who else was big then? Juice Newton? Dude, I don't know what happened to Juice Newton. Why are you laughing at Juice Newton? (laughs) Playing with the Queen of Hearts. It was a more innocent time. These are the songs I used to listen to on AM radio going to Erie Blades hockey games. (laughs) (laughs) But Flock of Seagulls is like straight. That's techno, like new wave. Val's going, Val's going early 80s AM gold pop. Juice Newton, Eddie, uh, Eddie Rabbit. Sheena yeah. Easton. Sheena Easton crossed over though. She had, you know, I think Prince and Sheena Easton got together at one point, didn't they? Really? I don't, yeah, may, they might have. Basically, anybody Prince wanted to have sex with back then, he would just do a duet with. Anybody, any female that Prince made eye contact with was like, did we just have sex? <laughs> yes. And then he oh just my started God, having. We have Juice Newton in the library. Oh, God. Oh, my God. <laughs> So, uh, what happened to Juice Newton? No idea. This is what Nashville used to be putting out back then. So wait, yeah, this is country. She was a pop pop. artist. There were crossover pop. Yeah, but Alabama had pop songs and stuff then. Oak Ridge Boys. Yeah, there were a bunch of like 
Eddie Rabbit, Juice Newton, Alabama, Oak Ridge Boys all had like a mainstream pop hit back then. Bill, back then we used coal uh, to heat. <laughs> <laughs> he said he used coal. What happened? Ronnie Millsap. You'd see Ronnie Millsap out on uh, mainstream. Oh, my God. Val, taking us down memory lane here. Oh, wait. How about... I always loved this song, actually. (laughs) Elvira. This was a huge radio hit. Humongous. Yeah, I remember this song. Top 40 radio. Oh, yeah. Elvira. Wasn't that the name of the? Uh, wasn't Elvira the chick, the up all night chick? Yeah, yeah, but it wasn't the horror movie with the huge boobs. Yes, I don't think it was supposed to be about her. I don't was think it? so either. Mist- no, but Mistress that's what I dark. always think of. Mistress of the Dark. Um, and it's, she has. There's some weird stuff about. What Elvira. was that chick's deal? She was like, I think she was like in Second City or like in the Groundlings. Really? She, yeah, she was like. She was supposed to be. A takeoff on an earlier version of that same kind of character that was featured in the movie Ed Wood. Do you remember the movie Ed Wood? And there yes. was an Elvira character with, with Johnny in, Depp. Yes, that's in that movie. Well, whoever that actress was was dating Tim Burton. But that was like the first one out in L.A. that did that like Saturday Night Movie Mistress of the Dark type thing. And then Elvira chick came up with that on her own, and she had like just huge boobs, and that was like her deal. She, but but she was all over the place. I mean, the country. It was a simpler time, Bill. Yeah, Oak Ridge Boys, no, Eddie Rabbit, and Elvira, and the Dukes of Hazard on Friday nights. They were just good old boys. Wham! <laughs> you keep you're like five years off. <laughs> <laughs> Every time we're giving you the the Kaja Gugu the, well, the, the, again. Early eighties, he was like three years old. I know, but I'm telling him that you know he's going. Yeah, I understand. Thompson Twins. And you're like, no, <laughs> earlier. I don't know who it was, they are. You don't know Thompson Twins? No. Oh, Hold that's MTV. Oh, you know yeah. Thompson Twins, dude. Val's calling it up. She's not even letting that rest because you... you di- yeah, dude. Genesis of MTV. Thompson Twins. Three people that it's didn't like look a- anything like each other. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Three English... The guy, the girl. The guy looked kind of like Hold Robert Smith. Yeah, yeah, that's it. Okay, that's enough. Okay. I'm trying to think of some other classic 80s songs. It's basically like they would be the song for like the outcast in the John Hughes movie. When they'd show you the- it's exactly oh who I th- like. That's I thought of like Breakfast Club or 16 Candles. It's something like that. All right. I hated Mike and the Mechanics. Yeah, there's a funny Portlandia sketch about Mike and the Mechanics, about like parents going to their school and objecting to the music that's in the library because they have vinyl in the library. And, and uh, the one parent wants to purge all the bad music. He's like, we can't let our kids listen to bad music. And they like pull something out of the album library, and it's a Mike and the Mechanics album. And then they argue the merits of Mike and the Mechanics, <laughs> which was Mike Rutherford from Genesis. Yep. But they had like three huge hits enormous yeah all i need a miracle i think was those are 90s those are early 90s right um probably late 80s early 90s yeah i love that stuff blind melon no see you got it (laughs) val's over here just having fun like we're at a bar and she's at a jukebox so you know it's friday oh man is this 
Oh my lord! You seriously? We're giving you a show on three WS. <laughs> What's this guy's name? Little Riverman. Oh. This is actually. What you like that song? Take a look at me now. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, again, Val loves the songs that came out of my Coke bottle radio when I was seven. <laughs> <laughs> Those are her favorite tunes. <laughs> it's nostalgic. It's a goat takes me back to a feel good time. Well, you know what? That's not a bad thing to do these exactly. days. Exactly. It's what I'm it's, saying. You're the opposite of Black Mirror. You're right. You're Clear Mirror. That's why I can't watch that show. <laughs> I I'm actually starting to think that you should watch it oh for for these reasons. Is that I think that it is like validating in a way, and it makes you avoid behavior that would send you down that road. When you start to do anything that might like. Remotely, Joe's on board. Joe watched Black Mirror. I know. You guys were having a powwow about it yesterday. It makes you stop and think anytime you're headed too far in the direction of becoming a digital drone. The digital dystopia of Black Mirror, which doesn't have to be inevitable. You can avoid it, man. I'm telling you. That's why I think you should watch it. This feels like one of those things that's like, oh, this tastes awful. You got to try this. <laughs> because every time you talk about it, you're like, oh, this show terrifies me. You have to watch it. Yeah. <laughs> well, this is Foley Z, Axel F, yep. which was, of course, Beverly Hills Cop. The biggest movie, like, ever. This is awesome. <laughs> See? Doesn't this put you in a good yes, mood for the day? This does. That's what I'm saying. It's a little light music. Do you just want to play all... You know what? It was 90s night at the Penguins game last night. You're right, it was. Keep, keep not... that going. Oh, oh man. I was, was going to use it for the... This is not 90s music. The though. Penguins get a another big win last night. I know it's not 90s, but I was going to say it's close. What was it 88? Um, 86 for the first no, one? 85, I think. Oh, you're right. You know what? 84 yeah. Beverly Hills Cup. Come on, man. You're like four years off. <laughs> <laughs> Zach Aston Reese, that's a very 80s name. To the tag, high slot. Gives the puck to Sherry. Sherry. Right back to the tag. And Dumont, Maddox, back to the right side. A hard play. It's deflected in in front. I don't know if Simone got it or not, but the tag shot it from the right point area. And the Penguins have taken the lead 2 to 1. Oh, buy Sam a drink and get his dog one too. Yeah. 2 1 pass. Yeah, and that was the game winner, as it uh, would turn out there. The Penguins get an empty netter. Malkin adds to his total. He's only, I think, one behind Ovechkin right now for the uh, league lead and goals. Nice. Michael will have the full details when we come back. A recap of last night's fun-to-watch Penguin games, a battle of two great goalies. And we got Sean Collier, movie reviews coming up. Also, our friend Matt Huff, Huffy. We'll be in here at 6.45 to review Black Panther for you. Matt is a, uh, a heart recipient, Children's Hospital of Pittsburgh, and uh, was uh, one of uh, the, the stars of our Radiothon broadcast. He'll be popping in here to tell us all about Wakandia, Black Panther. I'm actually excited for that movie. Me too. Me too. It looks awesome. All right. That's coming up next. DVE. Sports. Mike, pursued with your sports right now on the DVE Morning Show. 90s, 90s night last night at the arena. Another home game for the Penguins and another home win for the Penguins. Their 3-1 to one decision of the LA Kings made it 10 consecutive wins for the Penguins at the PPG Paints Arena. That ties the Washington Capitals and the Colorado Avalanche for the longest home winning streak in the NHL. 
this season. The Pens have outscored the opposition 50-26. to 26 Wow. Over those 10 straight home wins. That is dominating. 14-4-1 nice. since the start of 2018 and 8-1-1 one one in the last 10 overall for the Penguins. And uh, that was some fun stuff last night. Chippy. Uh, yeah. A lot of stick work. Dion, of, Dion Phaneuf and Phil Kessel were like going at each other. Yeah, they're buddies, but uh, that didn't uh, preclude a little slash to the calf or a little shot to the chops. They showed a split screen at one point with the two of them like jawing at each other. It and, was funny. And uh, both goaltenders were outstanding. Uh, Matt Murray with 34 saves on 35 shots, and Jonathan Quick kicked out to 36 of the 38 shots he saw. Just some phenomenal saves. Uh, the Penguins getting goals from Ryan Reeves, uh, Zach Aston Reese on the power play in the third period. That was the eventual game winner. And then getting Malkin into an empty net. Aston Reese with his third goal in two games. Hmm. And uh, he's got two game winners. Pens improved to 33-22-4. and four. 70 points. They are three behind the Washington Capitals in the Metropolitan Division. The Caps beat... The Minnesota Wild in Minnesota, 5-2 to two last night. That's no easy trick. Alex Ovechkin, a goal and three assists. His league-leading 34th goal of the season. Ovi has four goals and 12 points in his last seven games, so he's heating up again as well. This is getting fun, is it not? Very fun. It was a great game to watch crowd last night. The was jumping last night. <laughs> oh, yeah. Uh, and that Kings team is desperate. I mean, they came in. They're just they're on the outside looking in. They are. I think they're going to be all right. Though. I think they're pretty good. Uh, picking up Fanuf and Nate Thompson will help energize them. Deion Fanuf got the goal for uh, the Kings. Afterward, he told everyone how much he really likes Pittsburgh, but there's too many potholes. Oh, my God, there's so many potholes. He's right about that. <laughs> he is right about that. Did he get traded to the Jackets? Uh, no, Toronto. Oh, And then okay. he's going to get traded during that game to the Jackets. Did <laughs> um, you see Dowdy? Blow a stick Break up a at the stick end of the night. The, yeah. It was awesome. Just because he made like two great saves prior to that, and just yeah. and almost made the the third one on the empty netter there. But that was that was some big league stuff. Uh, both teams, I thought, played well. They played hard, and both goalies were really good. Both goalies were really good. And if you look at the Penguins, uh, you know Malkin, Aston Reese, a lot to be excited about. The one goal against, that's a great sign. It, throughout this. Uh, run that they've been on since January. By and large, the goals against are down, and that's what's going to win for them in the playoffs. Steelers General Manager Kevin Colbert uh, met the selected members of the media yesterday on the South Side and addressed a number of off-season topics. Among them, the uh, franchise's reaction to that uh, surprising playoff loss to the Jacksonville Jaguars. Colbert said the Steelers aren't kidding themselves about what happened against Jacksonville. Jacksonville outplayed us, as plain as can be. Um, you know, Jacksonville was a was a very good team um, that beat us twice, and you know there was no question about who won the last game, and that they they get all the credit. I mean, they played a they played a very good game. We did some good things in that game, but not enough to win it. I've been saying this a lot. You don't get over a defeat. You just try to get through it, and that's. That's where we are right now, and um, that's what we'll continue to do. And because the Steelers got beat by Jacksonville in the first round, the Steelers 
took a step back in 2017. 13 wins in all. You know I don't like the word need, and I won't use the word need. Um, we, we have to be better. And I don't think we were better in 2017 than we were in 2016 because we got eliminated a round earlier. And I, I think that's a reflection on the job that all of us did or didn't do. And, you know, how do we get better? Well, we have to figure out a way to not get eliminated in the first round. Yeah, Kevin Colbert didn't have a lot of specific responses as to how they intend to figure out how to not get eliminated in the first round. But uh, as Art Rooney II had before him, Kevin Colbert confirmed again yesterday that the Steelers view Le'Veon Bell as part of the solution, not part of the problem. The organization believes, and you know, we met with Le'Veon before he left and said, look, we have a we have a strong desire to keep you with the Pittsburgh Steelers for the remainder of your career. We weren't able to get the a long-term deal done last year, but we never closed the, that door on that possibility for this season. But again, as we talk about all the different scenarios of cap, of free agency, of the draft, how's it all going to come together, um, we won't know until we continue to move through this. Yeah, they don't know what the salary cap's going to be yet. They don't know exactly what the franchise tag would cost, and, and Colbert said that if they can't get that long-term deal done with Bell, the tag is always an option. They would never close the door on that. Uh, he said Le'Veon Bell did not disappoint them in any aspect last year after after he reported. said he was great on the field, great in the locker room. So all the stuff that he says. They do that, love him in the locker room. We know that. You know, Talking about his contract a couple days before the Jacksonville game and threatening to hold out or retire. They don't seem to care about any of that stuff. Showing up late. Uh, they don't have uh, a lot of answers. Uh, we we talked for about 20 minutes, the group of us with Kevin, and uh, I'll just give you an example of how it went. He, on one hand, he talked about the defense, and he said the whole defense can come back if they wanted to. You know, everybody's contractually uh, signed. Right. Uh, he said the vast majority of them are either in their prime or on the rise, but then he quickly added, if you don't change your roster, how do you expect different results? So, you know. Do you bring it back and ride it? Do you change it significantly? How many changes can you make? See you, Mike Mitchell. Are you going to sign Bell? If you do that, do you not have any money for other free agents? If you don't sign Bell, do you go get more guys? A uh, lot of got to figure this thing out kind of scenarios yeah. that the Steelers are dealing with. But he also talked, Kevin Colbert did, about Ryan Chazier. He's at the facility daily, Colbert said, and his presence is uplifting. They're having him sit in with the coaches and the personnel guys and stay involved in football stuff. That's awesome. Kevin Colbert said he thinks it's very important that, Bell, that excuse me, Shazier is able to do that. And he said never once has Shazier asked why me. Tremendous stuff there. So hopefully, uh, you know, continued progress for Ryan Shazier. Progress for Team USA last night in South Korea. U.S. hockey team beat Slovakia 2-1. to one. U.S. is now leading Group B with four points, and uh, it's us against Russia tomorrow morning, seven ten a.m. Oh, I won't. MS, NBC. I won't be setting my alarm. Oh, mine's already set, baby. You're going to get up early on a weekend. For U.S.-Russia in the Olympics? Yeah, you can tape it and just get up and just start watching it. Randall, it's U.S.-Russia. So what's the big deal if you tape it and get up and then you watch it without looking at anything else? You're good. 
When it starts, I'm there. All right. You're... This is when we start taking back America. <laughs> From who? From the Russians. They messed with the election. We're going to mess with their hockey team. <laughs> there you team. go, Mikey. <laughs> you tell them. Uh, Val's got news top of the hour, but when we come back, a review of Black Panther from Matt Huff. Huffy is our uh, our uh, superhero movie, comic movie. Comic, what is it? What do you He's call our it? real life superhero, yeah. and he uh, he reviews these movies for us because there's 18 of them, and we really don't know much. We don't know much. He's a, a heart recipient from Children's Hospital, part of the, our Radiothon broadcast, and movie reviewer extraordinaire. That's when we come back. DV. Eleven. It's 47 degrees at DVE. The news is brought to us by Giant Eagle Curbside Express. Officials say those heavy storms that hit our area left plenty of damage, and you heard it in the traffic report, which is really the flooding report mm. this morning. At least one municipality is in a state of emergency. Connellsville Mayor Greg Lincoln announced last night the city was evacuated and a senior center also open to shelter evacuees. The FBI says it received a tip months ago pointing to a YouTube comment left by a user with the same name as the suspect in this week's high school shooting in South Florida. FBI agent in charge Robert Lasky says the comment left in September said, quote, I'm going to be a professional school shooter. And investigators say a Carnegie Mellon student is facing multiple charges after making what police are calling a credible threat against the university. Police say 18-year-old Derek Lee posted a message in a course's anonymous student feedback section saying he wished he could go onto a roof with a sniper rifle. A faculty member saw that message and alerted the university. Lee was charged with disorderly conduct. And a Washington State grandmother is being credited with stopping a mass shooting. She called authorities when she found journal entries from her grandson saying he wanted to commit a mass school shooting. According to Time Magazine, 18-year-old Joshua O'Connor was arrested on attempted murder charges this week, just one day before the shootings happened in Florida. Police searching the grandmother's home found a gun and homemade explosives. And also a South Carolina high school student is under arrest for a copycat threat uh, after the Florida shooting. The ninth grader in Spartansburg, South Carolina, allegedly posted an image on Snapchat of a teenager wearing a mask and holding a salt-style rifle. The image had the caption, Florida Round 2. A teenager was arrested Thursday after an anonymous tip. The ninth grader reportedly told police that threat was nothing but a joke. A norovirus outbreak at the Winter Olympics is now spreading to the athletes. The BBC says two Swiss athletes have contracted the virus in Pyeongchang. The Swiss team says the freestyle skiers were taken away from the rest of the team after being diagnosed. More than 200 people have been affected by the norovirus outbreaks at the Winter Games in South Korea. It began last week among security workers at Olympic Park and spread to staff members, venue personnel, and here's the tough one, cafeteria workers. Oh, that's going to spread like wildfire. The highly contagious virus causes vomiting and diarrhea. Now we'll see how good they are at skiing. <laughs> <laughs> Do the bumps with mumps while you're pooping your pants. Let's see it. Uh, here's a story that might make you feel a little better. A Canadian man able to rebuild his home after losing it to a wildfire. Thanks to his recent lottery win, Bill Pendergast, Bill Pendergast lost his Alberta home to a 2016 wildfire. He's been working on rebuilding it for the past two years. He says now he'll be able to finish it off after winning a lottery jackpot worth more than a million dollars. He said the money will also go towards his retirement fund and maybe even a Ford Mustang. While plenty of uh, people turn to video games to take brain breaks and get away from it all, researchers from the University of Arkansas have found that playing an hour of video games 
actually increases the brain's ability to focus. Ah, there you go. So it's good for you. Amazingly, the hour... Puffy's shaking his head. Yes, he can confirm. (laughs) That hour of playing helps people narrow their focus, block out distractions, and use their brains much more efficiently. How many hours a day do you play video games, Huffy? Get on the mic here. Pop up. Get up there. Matt Huff with us right now, Uh, uh, our uh, CHD uh, Heart Awareness Month uh, ambassador and movie reviewer. uh, I'd say before my transplant, before I went in the hospital... I would play upon hours and hours. That's all I do. Is yeah, just, just play sit. video games. Uh huh. Yeah. Now that I've come, ha- well, in the when I was waiting, that's all I do too. Me and my social worker, he'd have stuff to do. He'd just come in and he's like, "You want to play Xbox?" That's all we do. He get pages. He'd be like, "I'm with someone right now," but it's not me now. It's him. Your younger brother. Oh yeah, that's all he does. Morning, night, comes home from school. The one day he was on, I left in the morning. I come home. I'd say eleven o'clock. He's still on there. <laughs> I I, w- I go to bed and I wake up. It's like it's ten o'clock. He's still sleeping. I said, "What what time did you get off?" He's like five in the morning. I'm like, "What?" The? Yeah. What's the What's the game? Call of Duty? No. What are you playing? What do you play, Andrew? PUBG. It, it's like, do you ever hear of Fortnite? Yeah. That's my game now. That, I, well, I saw Juju posting about Fortnite. I think he has his ca- a character in, the, in but, that game. Yeah, it's a good thing uh, Tommy's not here because he'd be saying stuff. He's like, dude, you, you're terrible at that game. I, I'm mostly just baiting that game for us. <laughs> I go out, you know, see if anyone's there, and then they take them out. Yeah, there you go. I like that. You're, you're so the... do they ignore you when they're playing video games like they can't hear you? Oh, <laughs> not if he raises his voice. We try and block that Matt's out. Matt's here with his uh, dad and brother. Yeah, yeah. finally actor jeffrey tamer will not return to amazon's comedy series transparent the emmy winner has been hit with misconduct allegations from a transgender cast member and his former assistant who is also transgender uh he called the investigation against him deeply flawed and biased rain and snow today temperature's going to be dropping into the 30s and it'll be in the teens overnight tonight after it was 60 yesterday uh it's 47 now at dve all right so uh, to wrap things up here with our friend Matt Huff, Huffy uh, came in this morning to review Black Panther. He is our superhero movie reviewer and uh, heart ambassador from Children's Hospital, uh, who we met at Radiothon this past year, of course. And uh, he had a, a heart transplant like two weeks before Radiothon. He just came down, just walking around. I think you got out the next day, if not that day. No, I I went. It was the 28th you guys came down from Radiothon. I wasn't on with you that day. I was on with Michelle and Sean. Okay. And then um, I forget who came and talked to me, but they're like, oh, hey, you want to be on with Randy and them in the morning? I'm like, yeah. And then we talked and stuff. And then I left. Like, I was going to stay, you know, for to see like, how much money On the we next raised. day, on the 29th. Yeah, I left that day. So that um, was the day you got checked wow. out of the hospital. Mm-hmm. Amazing. So CHD week ended on Valentine's Day, fittingly enough. And uh, that is something that is uh, near and dear to your new heart. Oh, yeah. One in 100 newborns born with CHD. Survival rate to age 18 is still only 85% for complex CHD. 25% of children born with CHD need heart surgery or other interventions to survive, and congenital heart disease is the most common birth defect. Uh, And uh, once again... Raising awareness for this, supremely important. Bill, you're going to be hosting our friends at Jameson's Army's annual um, yep. Greenheart uh, Green Gala, Gala, April 20th at the Lamont, and uh, and we're going to have Huffy there. I All think right, cool. he might speak a little bit. Right, cool. Maybe we'll, he'll yeah. do another review. Well, of, actually, I'm uh, March 7th. I'm doing a uh, speaking thing at my high school. Core is going to come in, and we're going to talk and stuff, and I'm going to give a presentation about just a little about my 
uh, transplant. Your ordeal. Yeah, and then they're going to talk about organ donation. Right on. Cool. That's great. Organ donation, very important. Mm-hmm. Check that box. Oh, yeah. Always. Nice job, buddy. Thank you, man. You did good today. Thank you. All right, are you going to school now? Uh, no, I start this fall. Oh, okay. I'm going to go uh, three C's in uh, Westmoreland because it's close to us. But I'm going to go to be a child life specialist. Awesome. Oh, that's really oh, that's cool, man. Great. I love those people, man. Oh, yeah. They are real life angels. No doubt about it. Oh, well, yeah. Are you going to take your degenerate video game brother play <laughs> to, uh, to, to school right now? Uh, no. He. You mean after this? Yeah. I should. They didn't even start yet. Yeah. Yeah, we'll take him. Why not? You're going to school, buddy. <laughs> He's like, no, no, no. Now I, I let you. We let you come here. Now, now it's time to get some schoolwork. That's in. right. Go get some schoolwork <laughs> in. Uh, thanks so much, man. No, thank you. Good guys to for see you. Me. And we'll see you tonight at Shear the Beard. You're gonna yeah. come hang out with us uh-huh. there. Brett Kiesel's eighth annual Shear the Beard sold out tonight at uh, How Jurgle. great is that? Oh, it's just eighth. He hasn't played in four years, and he's Doesn't selling matter. the thing out. He's one of us. Benefits Children's Hospital uh, Cancer Programs at CHP. So uh, we'll see you there tonight. And uh, unfortunately, I would tell you to go to get tickets, but there aren't any left. But I'll see you there tonight, Huff. Fly. Yeah, it's the DVE Morning Show. And one of the biggest movies of the year, highly anticipated, Black Panther, the uh, premiere last night. Or at least, uh, was that the the wide yeah. opening for it? Yeah, okay. it uh, started last night. Uh, Matt Huff is with us right now. Uh, the What's up, Huffy? Huffy. Much. How are you? Huffy is Good, a, uh, we got to know him at Radiothon, and uh, he'll be talking. Let's First, let's talk about the fact that February's heart month. Right. And the, you were uh, a patient at Children's Hospital. That's how we met you. You mm. got a, a yeah. new heart there. And then, like, uh, <laughs> like all of a sudden at Children's Hospital, getting a heart's like getting a hip. You're out in like three days. It's, it's, oh, yeah. It was crazy to me. I think we saw you two weeks after. Yeah, because I saw you. Um, I saw you right before. Yeah, a week or two before. And then they called me that morning. I got my transplant that night. <sighs> and uh, they, didn't, they didn't think I would do too good. But um, they're like, oh, no, you're going to be in there like almost a month or two months. I was out in two weeks. We were on the radio that morning <laughs> and I left. Yeah. Incredible. That is awesome. You're looking good. The Thank month you. of February is heart month. And uh, leading up to Valentine's Day, it was congenital heart defect week, and and you were posting on social media quite a bit about yeah. that. Pretty cool. Yeah, yeah. I was just posting pictures. It was like a photo challenge, and like each day had like different words and uh-huh. stuff. Like I think the first day was a uh, care team, and then like doctors, and then you just put a picture up, and then I just wrote like a little thing, like saying like what I like how it changed my life, just thanking everyone yeah. for it. And all that. One in 100 newborns are That's born great. with a CHD. Uh, survival rate to age 18 is still only 85% for complex CHD. Uh-huh. 25% of children born with CHD need heart surgery or other interventions to survive. It is the most common birth defect. Um, and you've been quite the ambassador for this. So, uh, you know, I'm proud of you, man. Well, thank you've you, done Randy. a great job raising awareness here. Uh, and it's part and of- he's going to be at the, uh, the Green Heart Gala for... Jameson's army coming up soon, and we're very happy to have him there. That's perfect. Yeah, that's you. a good family to be a part of. Yeah. Okay. So, um, and uh, that's why it's very important that you guys get involved in Radiothon when we're doing that each September at uh, Children's Hospital of Pittsburgh, and why we need ambassadors like Matt to help keep you guys aware year round. So, uh, good job by you. I know. Also, on Wednesday it was five months. I was like, oh, Valentine's, that's five months. That's the best Valentine's gift to get. There you go. Yeah. You got a new heart, man. <laughs> Pretty good. 
Again, I'm candy hearts. It'd be tough to impress you on Valentine's Day. Yeah. <laughs> All right, so let me uh, let, let me get right into this with you. Black Panther is the most highly anticipated movie of the year, and there was like so much buzz about this movie going into it. I couldn't believe that it would ever live up to the hype. I thought it was doomed by the uh, just t- talk of anticipation for it. Right. Well, whenever they started the Marvel Cinematic Universe with Iron Man. They always wanted to uh, do one of these movies, a Black Panther, because at the end of Iron Man 2, if you watched it, they um, shared a clip with Tony Stark and Nick Fury at the end. And on this map, it had uh, Africa on it and then a little thing with Wakanda. And each movie, it just like showed how they were going to keep doing it and right. all that. So. Did he show up in any of the movies? Didn't, didn't he show uh, up in Civil War? Yeah, he was on uh, Iron Man's side. Okay, and so Wakanda... Mm-hmm. is the fictional place yeah in Africa in Africa where this is all set yes okay tell us about Black Panther what did you think I it was really good like I'd give it an 8 out of 10 um, wait a minute you're wait saying, a hold on a second you've been influenced you have your I, brother I is pressure. He, he, come on you had it at 11 out of 10 I know I you know you loved it your little brother talked you down that much boy you're gonna be a White House advisor one day <laughs> let me tell you <laughs> why you are gonna you be you don't a... want him in there <laughs> you don't <laughs> well I don't know but alright so uh, why did you switch you loved it well I know but then I come to think like this one character they were building up I don't wanna give anything away but they built it up so much what they did to him I I don't know why I I mean I know why they did it like to for this one character to move on with his thing okay but I don't know I I give it an eight out of ten now all right so eight out of ten still pretty good yeah that's still solid oh yeah it had an outstanding cast you had um who's all in it Jackie Robinson yeah we had <laughs> uh, Martin Freeman he was uh Everett K Ross who he uh he appeared in the Hobbit trilogies. Uh, you had uh, Michael B. Jordan, who appeared in the Fantastic oh, yeah. Four movie, that 2015. All of them are terrible. <laughs> oh, no, really? You don't like them? No. Oh, no. Yeah, the Fantastic Four movies aren't great. No. Uh, you had... Um, so Chadwick Boseman plays Black Panther. Yeah. yeah. And he played Jackie Robinson. You looked at me weird when I said I that. Thought, I was like, what are you talking about, Jackie Robinson? Okay. Yeah, Satchel uh, four- Paige is in this movie. <laughs> the 42 movie. Yeah. Josh Gibson. <laughs> uh, Martin Freeman. Is yeah. in it too. He was part of the Hobbit trilogy. Uh-huh. He was in Far- Fargo, the TV show, the first season too. Yeah. Okay. So Angela tell- Bassett. What's the story of Black Panther? Um, the backstory. Well, he first appeared in Fantastic Four, right. Volume One. Um, this is another Stan Lee creation. Yes. Number okay. 50, number fifty-two in July nineteen sixty-six. Uh, he was created by Stan Lee. Uh, the movie takes place a week after the events that happened in the movie of uh, Civil War. It mostly takes part in Wakanda. They go to, like, London and Nigeria for a couple of scenes, but mostly in Wakanda. And then his, well, I don't want to give anything away, but this one character, um, uh, Black Panther, finds out that this one person's alive and stuff, and then he comes, like, to find him, and that's, like, how the enemy comes up. His okay. name's uh, Killmonger. Okay. Uh, it's, it's really good. Like, the first five, ten minutes, it's just, like, action every second like gunfights black panther just coming out of nowhere and fighting I everyone I love this yeah i mean all of, all of the clips that i've seen cinematically it just visually looks so impressive oh yeah there i say there's about two or three scenes one at the beginning and two in the middle where the audience ju- it just goes silent in the theater like it was like one of the scenes in the last jedi 
I know you saw it, Bill. Oh, yeah. Where the uh, ship goes right through the other one. <laughs> yeah. That was... Uh, <laughs> that. Yeah, that was so, awesome. And and I was reading uh, online the, the pre-sales for this, Fandango. This was, was like the, the number fourth, one. Yeah. Well, it was fourth, and the three movies ahead of it all had Star Wars in the title. Yeah. That's pretty incredible. So that's <laughs> that's impressive. All right, so you're, you're settling on eight out of ten. Yeah. All right. Feel like your brother talked you into that a little bit. I think he did. That's okay. So that's what brothers are for. They're 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 for. Uh, this is the Cisco and Ebert pair here. That's you, right. One yeah. one likes it a lot. The other one not so much. Great job, Matt. Uh, appreciate it. Oh, and, thank you. And uh, you know, anytime there's another one of these movies, you come in and give us a review. Oh, yeah, What's the thanks. next movie on the docket? Um, Avengers: Infinity War comes out in May. Okay. Then Deadpool in May, and then not another one until July. That'll be Ant Man and Wasp. Good deal. Yeah. Right. I know now it's like it's a whole three months without a Marvel movie. This is crazy. It's there's not another one till next week. And then following that the week after that. Is it's, there gonna is there gonna be more of these Black Panther movies? Yeah, he's gonna return in Avengers because uh-huh. um most well, some of it is gonna take place in Wakanda. That's where Thanos sends his army. They think the last infinity stone is there where they need to find. Ah. So. All right. So he's speaking a different language to us. We yeah. don't know this world. They're like, oh, the Infinity Stone. Yes. Right. Well, you know, right. look, got to get that Infinity Stone. Sure. And, you know, make sure you've got plenty of vibranium. Uh, <laughs> I, uh, I think you can get it at Jared's. I wonder if these movies would have ever been able to been made if they tried to make them too early. Well, they I was reading last night. I never knew this. Um, they didn't know what movie to start with. So they went. They do like a kids focus group and they ask, what would like your favorite action figure be? And they said Iron Man. That's why they started with Iron Man because that's what all oh, the kids good. wanted. Those, the, Iron Man, the first Iron Man is awesome. Oh, yeah. Matt Hoff, you are uh, you are a movie uh, reviewer extraordinaire. Thanks so much for coming in today. Yeah, thank you. Appreciate the, uh, uh, the hard work by you and the drive in here. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. This morning. Early and morning. Anything, else commute. You need, anything else you need to get out there? Um, I'd just like to give a shout out to my uh, best friend, Tommy Pasula. What's up, Tommy? Hey, Tommy. How you doing? He's probably not up right now. He's, he, uh, I think he has a test this morning, so he's probably sleeping and then getting ready. <laughs> Even though after the movie, he's like, oh, get on Xbox. He's on until three in the morning. <laughs> I tell him. <laughs> guys, probably gonna fail test. that test, Tom. Yeah, unless uh, Xbox is is giving you flashcards. <laughs> yeah. Hey, man, thanks so much for coming in today. Great to meet your family too. Oh, yeah, thank you. Okay, we're gonna take a quick break. Come back. Val's got your news for you on DVE. DVE Sports. Seven thirty on the dot. Mike Pursuta with your sports right now, and uh, the Penguins with yet another win and. That was a hell of a fun game to watch last night, not just because Potash was wearing a Kurt Cobain wig. <laughs> and eyeliner. And eyeliner, which I think was his own uh, touch. Yeah, that, that was Potash's personal guy liner. Doesn't he always wear eyeliner? That was, I guess, Maybe. what Paul Potash yeah. said. Yeah. That was a hell of a hockey game. That, was, that was competitive. That was combative. Uh, that had a little bit of everything, including great goaltending on both sides. The Penguins and the LA Kings went to the locker rooms Scoreless after one period last night at PPG Paint 3. They went to the locker rooms, tied at a goal apiece after two periods, and then Zach Aston Reese untied it early in period number three. To the tang, high slot. Gives the puck to Sherry. Sherry. Right back to the tang. And to Madam, back on the right side. A hard blast. The puck got in in front. 
I don't know if Simone got it or not, but Matang shot it from the right point area, and the Penguins have taken the lead two to one. Oh, buy Sam a drink and get a dog one too. Two one pens. Yeah, it was Aston Reese on the deflection. That power play was winding down. And on the ice at the time were Crystal Tang, Oli Mata, Dominic Simone, Connor Sherry, and Aston Reese. And they punched the ticket. Malkin ends up with an empty netter at 1935, his 32nd of the year. Pens win it 3-1. to one. That is 10 in a row at home. That ties the Caps and the Avalanche for the longest home winning streak by a team in the NHL this season. 14-4-1 are the Penguins since the start of 2018. Just lights like out at home. Things are really starting to fall into place. Uh, from from Mike Sullivan's mouth to their ears to execution on the ice, it's, it's looking like it's supposed to look, and they're getting the result they're trying to get. Caps won again last night as well, 5-2 in Minnesota. So it's Washington with 73 points and Pittsburgh with 70 in the Metropolitan Division. The Flyers and Devils are tied for third place with 66 points. But uh, it's good to see the Penguins closer to first than third, even though it's still tight. Pittsburgh will host Toronto on Saturday night and then play at Columbus on Sunday. Steelers general manager Kevin Colbert had some things to say yesterday to uh, a select group of media on the south side. The session wound up revealing... More that the Steelers are aware of their questions and issues more than they are the answers to those questions and issues as they transition from 2017 to 2018. Take inside linebacker, for example. That uh, an obvious concern, and uh, they've got to sort through some potential solutions. With Ryan's injury and his situation, we understand that. Um, you know, I think we lose sight of the fact sometimes that Tyler Medikevich was hurt, you know, within the, I believe it was the same quarter that Ryan was hurt. And, unfort- you know, he was our number one backup. And then, unfortunately, he, he we couldn't play him at linebacker anymore because of further risk of injury. He was able to uh, continue to contribute on special teams um, with his injury, and we knew we'd have to deal with it after the season. But Tyler's Tyler's certainly in the mix, so I think that that gives you an an option. And again, we'll continue to look at other options in free agency and in the draft as well. Yeah, it, it, it is a valid point that Matikavich was the number one backup, and he got hurt in the same game that Chazier got hurt in on December the fourth in Cincinnati. But I I don't know that uh, he's going to be the long term solution filling that position. I think Matikavich right now is a good guy that. He can get you through two or three quarters or two or three weeks even maybe, but uh, asking him to start and be an impact guy might be a little much. Right. So let's look at the draft and free agency. And uh, Colbert said yesterday that the Steelers, as they look in free agency, would even look at older players, something they don't always do. They'll do it this time, but uh, they still have a preferred method of bringing people in from other teams. With Ryan's injury and his... Oh, sorry. No, I mean, we won't close the door on anybody, and um, we'll, we'll leave the that open. Uh, our preference is usually to, to catch a guy coming off a of first contract and, and have him here. That's been where we've had the most success, so I, I think we would always try to focus on that. But, again, that those players may or may not be there. And, 
I, we won't know it. I mean, this thing changes every day. A, a certain player might get cut. A certain player might be told they're not going to sign them. A, a team may sign a guy and take him off the market. It's just it continually changes. And until we get to the exact moment, we won't know. Yeah, really, all they have to do is find the next James Ferrier. That should be easy. Find that guy who's played uh, three, four, five years and maybe in a system that wasn't best suited for him. And Best free agent signing they've had in the last 20 years? Uh, ever. Yeah. I mean, they've had some good ones. Uh, he was phenomenal. Uh, they like that guy, as, he, as Colbert mentioned, coming off the first contract, the guy who's ready to play better now than he has played previously. Ryan Clark was pretty good. Ryan Clark was pretty good. <laughs> I have a hard time admitting that, but you're right. The <laughs> difference between James Ferrier and Ryan Clark is James Ferrier never went in the Ravens locker room and hugged guys. Yeah, after they or, lost. Or called the sports media turds. That too. That's probably and the then main. Became, but you're right. Ryan Clark was pretty good. And then became sports media. Uh, He's a turd now. He's He is one of the turds. He's a turd. Defense has work to do. <laughs> Kevin Colbert acknowledged that yesterday. He also acknowledged that uh, the offense could be better as well. We know we have, you know, challenges defensively. Um, we have to be better against the run. So how do we get better against the run? Is it um, adding players? Again, hoping your regression is less than your progression with the guys you have. Um, we have to get fewer big plays defensively. That's something that we haven't had in the past. Uh, offensively, we have to pick up the ability to be more consistent and, you know, uh, convert more opportunities in the red zone. So there you go. That's why Todd Haley wasn't brought back because they weren't consistent and the red zone was bad. Todd Haley's fault. Haley didn't mention any of that stuff when he was reading his resume in Cleveland the other day. Conveniently left it out. <laughs> Team USA bounces back in South Korea and beats Slovakia 2-1 to one last night. A couple of goals from Ryan Donato, including a power play goal early in the third period. So Slovakia, they beat. Slovenia, they lost to. Right? Yes. Slovakia beat Russia and lost to us. The U.S. lost to Slovenia in overtime and beat Slovakia. So you get a point for losing in overtime. You get three points for a win. So, so U- we got four points. The U.S. is leading Group B with four points. Oh, how about that? Slovakia is second with three. Uh, the Olympic athletes from Russia also have three, and Slovenia has two. U.S. and Russia tomorrow morning. So the big game tomorrow. Oh, my God. I, I'm not going to have to set the alarm because I'm not going to sleep in advance of U.S.-Russia. I admire wow. how excited you are about yeah. this. I still can't name anybody on the team, even though you named them yesterday. Brian Gionta. Well, that Gionta, I know. Yeah. Maybe you'll know him in a couple of weeks. Maybe I'll know him for the rest of my life, Mike. Maybe. Who, who would have thunk in 1980 those names would have been sunk into hockey lore and, for you eternity? Know, let's look at uh, the kid that scored the two goals last night, Ryan Donato. He's a junior at Harvard. He's a second-round pick at the Bruins. You're going you're gonna to know his name. He's going to be in the NHL. Troy Terry, a junior from Denver. He might have been the best player on the ice last night. He's a fifth-round pick of Anaheim. He's going to be in the NHL. You're going to know who he is. And same with uh, Jordan Greenway, uh, junior at BU. He's a second-round pick of the Wild. Three of the four college guys that are currently playing NCAA have been in the lineup the first two games. And uh, they're pretty good. And the uh, the goaltender, your, uh, your high school compadre, Ryan... Zapolsky from Cathedral Prep. Mm-hmm. He was pretty good again last night, too. Hey. 
His night included one of those Mark Andre oh, Flurry on Ovi. Knob of the stick saves at a very opportune time. But uh, they were better last night, and they were ahead, and they didn't sit back in the third period. They kept forechecking hard. They didn't do that against Slovenia, so maybe lesson learned. Fight, Ramblers, fight. Fight with all your might. We're here to win, boys, and we'll win tonight. Oh, good song. That, we have an awesome f- high school fight song. They write that in about five minutes. Dude, roll Rambler, Ramblers roll. Did you guys take Ramblers, Dodge Ramblers to the games? <laughs> we used to have one of those back in the day. A Dodge Rambler? Yeah. It's a good ride. A prep Rambler is even tougher than a Dodge Rambler, Mike. And you better hope that that holds true tomorrow. Uh, Otherwise, you'll be crying in hey, your cream of wheat. I'm loving this kid. You know, Mercyhurst is in town tonight. I'm doing the Robert Morris really? game. The Lakers. I, I am looking forward to talking to the coach about this goal. You're going to hear that next week. All right. Good deal. Val has news top of the hour. What are you talking about? We're going okay, to talk about eight things that make you seem classy, classy, and Just five like that don't. Uh, Sheer the Beard sold out for tonight. Who need two? Fantastic. Very much looking forward to that. Can you believe it sold out? Think there's going to be scalpers, Mike? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. The war last year, right? Uh, I don't remember. Yeah, I, probably. It, nothing surprises me when it comes to this event. I mean, it's such a great Pittsburgh thing. It's Steelers, now Penguins, with the Phil, Phil Bork cheering occurring tonight as well. you got to send out invites, like, months in advance. you got to send out, like, shave the dates, where you <laughs> you make sure you buy your tickets early. So would, you, would you put a picture of Debo on that <laughs> shave the date? Yeah. Uh, I don't know. I wonder if he's going to be there tonight. I'm wondering. <laughs> I predict he gets booed, but only by the people in the balcony that are out of his grasp. Nobody, nobody's going to boo him if he shows up. I don't know if you don't think so. After no. what he just did, Not- this is what gets everybody over it. He comes back to help out his buddy for a good wow. cause for Children's Hospital. You going to boo a guy working for Children's Hospital? Yes. <laughs> if it's him. <laughs> <laughs> if Come he on. went to play for the Patriots. Come on. Uh, Tampa. Can you imagine if the number one doctor at Children's Hospital left and went to Boston's Cleveland Children's Clinic. Hospital? <laughs> Come on. We'd boo that doctor. Um, <laughs> on the way for you, Trey Crowder, he's the liberal redneck who's gone super viral many times. I, I guess that's redundant. He's going to be uh, at the Improv all weekend long with Corey Ryan Forster and Drew Morgan. They have the Well Read podcast, which is uh, like super super popular. Andre Costello and the Cool Miners in the Coffee House today, nine fifteen, in anticipation of their brand new album. The uh, record release party is tomorrow night. How about this at Buell Planetarium, and they have a synced laser show to the new album wow how cool is that almost that, as cool as the name of that band the cool miners that is, it's a great I name i love that name Everybody, i always say cool miners but should be cool miners like coal miners yeah. like cool miners. i think that's what they were shooting for yeah i know but i always say cool i screwed up all right quick break we'll be right back dve it's the dve morning show and uh at the improv all weekend long members of the well-read podcast uh and you might know trey crowder as is liberal redneck the viral video sensation. Sensation? That's a bit much. I prefer Phenom. Phenom. <laughs> right. <laughs> Corey, uh, Ryan Forster, and Drew Morgan, they are here live in studio. The three of them uh, are in, encompass the well-read podcast. They're going to be at the Improv all weekend long. Improv.com, 412-462-5233. Welcome, fellas. How are you? Good. Randy, Bill, how y'all doing? You oh, guys got great. a nice, like, well, two of the three of you are wearing, like, woke 
country artist shirts a little bit. Well, you got the Lake Street Dive shirt. You got the Sturgill Simpson, yeah. shirt on. And the, I know you had an Isbell shirt on in the, in the one promo picture. Sure, that you yes. Absolutely. You guys are representing uh, big time. Doesn't it seem like there is that faction now in music and in comedy in terms of the like uh, Southern yeah, uh, like arts absolutely. community? We've yeah. been told that we were the that for comedy, which is probably the best compliment that we could receive. And I mean, I'm not, I ain't going to lie, but that's exactly what we want to be in our trying to do. Literal goal before all this, uh, before Trey became a phenom, was yeah. the, that was you, that man. was the best people we could copy. <laughs> you know, that didn't yeah. exist in comedy, and we were like, well, they have a crowd for this in music. It's got to be one for us. And right, comedy. we want to be, we want to get their music fans to laugh at us. So, like Isbell Sturgill, just for lack of having like you know uh, a better reference point, do you find that your audience is? Uh, are you preaching to the choir in the South? Is it only like minds that come? Or are you guys converting people in terms of their uh, you know ideologies? Yeah, I mean, being honest with you, it's mostly the former. It's mostly people that agree with us that mm-hmm. show up. Uh, there's plenty of people at the shows who don't agree with us. They get drugged there by their spouses. <laughs> they have a good time, by the drugged, way. get drugged, not get drugs there, just so we're clear. <laughs> yeah, they get brought there. Yeah. every Almost every time when it's... And it's usually... It's usually a woman dragging her husband, yep. but almost every time, unless they just don't say anything, but they will always say, man, I'd be honest with you, I didn't think I was going to enjoy it, and that was a dadgum good time. You guys are funny, and you know we're actually more aligned than I would have thought. Mm-hmm. We do convert a lot of people, though, but it's in a different way. Like We hear way more often... Way more often than we hear, you know, a redneck converting politically or whatever, because it's something we said. It's somebody in Portland, Oregon, saying that... Uh, we've changed their opinion on just the South in general or whatever because well, they didn't know there were people like us <laughs> before. Right. Well, yeah, yeah, you know, and the thing about Portland is is they have their own issues with white supremacy and stuff. the, the yeah. states that have more libertarian-leaning uh, demographics are going to have the same issues. They just don't have a yeah. Southern accent. Yeah, it's That's also where true. Tanya Harding's from, so let's not act like you know they don't <laughs> have that type of person. Corey Joel's uh, what well, Idaho has off the grid racism. You know, uh-huh. you're like it's there, but you know, you just they ain't broadcasting it. Or if it's they super are, it's on ham hardy. radio. Yeah, yeah, Rory Scovel, an awesome Southern comic, used oh, he's to great. say that. Uh, he had in one of his specials he said like they have racists in san francisco too but like in the south our racists are just way louder (laughs) and i think there's truth to that (laughs) so you know i think that what you guys are doing this weekend at the improv for those who don't already know the podcast and aren't big fans which you know you have a huge following uh this is something that resonates in pennsylvania i was telling you a little bit before we went on the air i mean pittsburgh is blue Mm-hmm. Everything around surrounding the, the the city in the tri-state area pretty much has gone red. Yeah. And, and so, we hear from them quite a bit. Oh, yeah, they're vocal. Yeah. <laughs> of course they are. They're, they're a vocal uh, contingent. Vocal. Oh, Do you guys have to battle that constantly? Like, being that you have uh, the mindset that you do, I, I'm sure there are friends and family that you are oh, yeah. constantly there trying to uh, understand what you're doing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. As I say, it's gotten a lot better. Uh, you know, as the the joke going on when the tour first started was, my parents would just go out. I was out of the house, so they didn't really care what it was. But at this point now, it's one of those. Uh, okay, we get it. We know what you're. We don't agree with you, but let's just let's hang out because we still want you in our life. So let's not yell at each other. But they, they, my, I have a lot of friends that maybe walk. I don't know if walk on eggshells is the correct term right. around me, but they know. 
So I was say something just happened. We know his opinion. Let's not bring it up. Yeah, well, I, I actually mean, read about it. They don't. So, <laughs> so there. I mean, I I have yeah. that issue too. But I think a lot of us uh, here in, in you know in the city because it's so you so quickly the uh, you know move out to the suburbs and then you're just uh, you know isolated. Uh, yeah, it, you have your your priorities uh, might be different than they were at another point, or you become more vocal about it, or steadfast as you become older. That's just something you're going to have to battle with all the time. Like, have you actually lost good friends over it? Right. You know. Yeah. Like, I mean, it's yeah. a tough conversation. It really is. Yeah, that's true. I mean, I, I've definitely, uh, you know, it's some there's some old boys in my hometown. You know, they'd probably love to give me what fur at the right aid or whatever. But <laughs> I'm not. I ain't, you know, I, I've lived. I've moved to Southern California now, and so it's weird. It's almost the opposite for me because I found that, like, in my hometown where I grew up in rural Tennessee. There, I'm like Carl Marx. Right. You know, I'm like, like, in, in Los Angeles, I'm just Carl. You know. Do you find that you have to actually defend the Southern way of life to the super progressives yeah, in oh, Los yeah. Angeles? Yeah, some, I've absolutely had those types of conversations. Like, this one lady in particular is just going in on me about how crazy racist the South is or whatever. And, and I was like, and I said to her, I was like, like, Rodney King happened here. You know what I mean? Like one of the biggest race riots in this country's history was a couple miles away from where we are right now. Right. You yeah. know, but people don't think about that kind of thing. No, all you got to do is watch one hip hop documentary. It'll tell you about Los Angeles's <laughs> yeah. race history. For sure. For sure. Yeah. Well, I, I we, think having the South as a whipping boy perpetuates that too. It's like that's always like the rest of the country gets away with making that yes. our problem. And then when you try to point that out, you get accused of being an apologist, yep. and we're not. The well, South has many problems. We talk about it. I mean, we named our book Dragon Dixie Out of the Dark. Yeah. But the fact of the matter is, by making the South the whipping boy, really what the uh, this nation is doing is saying, that's not my problem, it's someone else's. That doesn't happen here. And then like Trey said, I mean, it does. It often happens elsewhere. We do the same thing with San Francisco and pretension, like a little bit. Like where we, we'll be pretentious and go, but we, you know, we ain't like them. Nah, they got a monopoly on that. <laughs> <laughs> dude, dude, for sure. But no, I, we we actually tend to uh, like what you said. When we're in like San Francisco or in the North, we tend to our act kind of shifts a little bit to where we go harder on liberals because we are. It's that right. chip, chip on our shoulder. Like we know what you think, yada yada yada. In the South, we go harder on Southerners, and when we're out there, we go harder on them. Just like you know, we're not all stupid. We know what you think. Do you think that this? wave of nationalism pseudo fascism or at least attraction to it which has never been as in vogue for lack of a better way of contextualizing it do you think that that is a minority that is getting really loud and we are actually much closer on each side than we are being told we are i i mean personally yes i i think that that what you're talking about the alt-right and all that i think that it's them in their death throes like i think it's desperation Mary. yeah like they they yeah but they know. had a pretty good win you know i used to think the same thing like right. like oh it's going down the tubes look how awful this is right now it's really they're really showing their ass and then they had a pretty big w they got into the the, the big game that's very true i know for one a super bowl you know what i'm saying <laughs> <laughs> like, it, can, it can happen <laughs> No, you're right. I t I tend to at least tell myself maybe that that 
that was sort of a uh, rock bottom moment. Like if America was an alcoholic or an addict, you know, that that was a, a rock bottom moment that I hope that we're going to bounce back from personally. But I absolutely think that, that especially that the like it, that Nazi stuff, like literal literal Nazis, Nazis. out here now. Like we talked <laughs> yeah. about before, it's like. You know, our papaws were racist, but like they By were not God. down with Nazis. No. Like, <laughs> yeah, they shot you, Nazis. Yeah, say like, what you will about our racist papaws, but by God, they yeah. didn't like Nazis. Yeah. I was kind, I was kind of shocked that Trump got the Southern vote, and I heard you speak about it. Now, I really was. I'm, I'm just trying to understand at this point how he sold them because to me, it's hey. like for decades he was yes. No, you're absolutely right. A lot, of people, a lot of people don't realize that, though. Like, I, I, I did Bill Maher's show, and I brought that yeah. up on there, and he said, he was like, really? Like, he was surprised to hear me say that, but that's absolutely the truth. Like, it blew my mind the whole time seeing people that I'd grown up with fall in line with Donald Trump, because you're right. Before he got into politics... Because he, he was famous for 30 years before that for right. just being the worst. Yeah, yeah and, if you'd, right. and if you'd have polled rednecks on their just general opinion of Donald Trump, the rich idiot, it would have been universally negative. I know for I a fact guarantee it, was, it. I, I know for a fact it was. So like, I don't, yeah, it's crazy to me, too. Well, he did a really good job and has continued to do a really good job of not uh, being a woman. Say what you say what you will about Donald Trump. That nail to the floor. That guy. That guy. (laughs) So uh, we're uh, with the well-read podcast at the Improv this weekend. Trey Crowder. Uh, who you know is liberal mm. redneck online, and Corey Forrester, and uh, Corey Ryan Forrester, Drew Morgan. Drew, do you th- is it Donald Trump that made you become uh, a political comedian? I don't, maybe that's not a, how you want to be described. But do you wish you could just be funny and you feel compelled that you have to actually speak out, or is this would this be your bend anyways? Would you be Mort Saul regardless? <laughs> oh, uh, good one. I, I think that the answer it falls way closer to the, the that yeah I would be regardless because it's just who I am the things that I'm interested in talking about often are just I guess I would call them social issues I mean you know what I mean until it's not interesting to talk about gay rights or whatever it is that's going on in the media I'm I was going to be talking about it I am sick of Trump I'm sick of him being the elephant in the room I'm sick of people half the audience expecting and demanding that we talk about him and the other half being like please can we just forget about him for an hour and a half I'm sick of him as an idea uh, and as a president but in terms of being a political comic I pretty early on learned that I, I had no choice. Like I was going to get labeled that because of the stuff I wanted to talk about. I mean, where I grew up saying that certain people should have rights is a political statement. Mm -hmm. I didn't think it was. I mean, we often joke, it's like, well, when did you become liberal? I don't know when I became liberal, but they told me I was liberal when I told them I like (laughs) books and people. (laughs) But do you have other like, so like, uh, uh, you know, do you like hunting? Do I talk about my wife? No, no. I mean like uh, outside of comedy, like, you know, the, the archetype, sort of you know <laughs> yeah. southern recreation what do, what do I, what are I you do? like i, I like to blow stuff all, up yeah there you go <laughs> take my wife to the women's march please yeah. um <laughs> i yes like there's a lot of football uh my dad hunts i don't really hunt i'm more of a hiker uh i can't tell the joke that i usually tell about that on the radio but uh yeah i mean i'm i'm pretty typically southern in a lot of ways i guess it depends on where i'm at if i'm in the south i was always like growing up i was always known as like right the old pretty boy or yeah. jock but then I went to law school, and it was like, you're a redneck. And I was like, what are you talking about? And it was like, well, you're trying to fight everybody, and you have your shirt off in public. Yeah. <laughs> 
was yeah. like, well, I didn't like the way that guy looked at me. No, <laughs> it's all relative. I mean, he's right. It's like I was saying about the Southern California thing. I mean, that, that's very true. It depends on where we are at any given time. <laughs> yeah, I, I do a bit on stage about how back, back. I like being in Los Angeles because back home I'm a wimp, but out there I'm John Wayne. Like yeah. People, <laughs> people yeah, just yeah. get out of my way for no reason. And if, like, if they knew me, they'd know. Like, I can take yeah. this dude, but they have no idea. People are scared of the accent. They're terrified. <laughs> you just walk out in Los Angeles, hey, what's going on? Oh, Jesus, yeah. God. And they just run across the street. People awesome. get very afraid of the accent. I, 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 my friends back home, when they call me out, it's less about politics. It's about what you were talking about. They're like, you're, you're with this guy who calls himself a redneck. You're not a redneck. And I'm like, buddy, as soon as I left here, I was told I was a redneck. And people get that, you know. They yeah, you're, you're a also, man. Also, you're with, texting that to me. Say it to my face. You wouldn't. <laughs> you're like literally a man with no country in that point because the rednecks yeah. won't accept you, and the progressives yes. think you're too, too much of a redneck. Well, but then you go to our shows and you find other people like that. And you asked earlier if we converted people in the South. I think what we get to do there more than anything is let people like us know, hey, look, they're like, I feel so alone. They, they would tell us that in our lines, our meet and greets. And we're like, hey, yeah. look around. There's 700 people in this uh, theater here tonight. Uh, you're not alone. Yeah. Trey, do you feel pressure to provide comfort for uh, liberals who want to believe that there is hope south of the Mason-Dixon? Because I see the comments under your videos, yeah. and people, it, it, it's not adulation. It's it's. It, I mean, it is. Ju- it's not just adulation. It's relief. It's like, complaints. It's there's a lot of complaints. <laughs> no, no, there's there's plenty of that. No, Believe no, but me. like people are like, yes, this, yeah, and they love hearing it through that accent yeah. and from Definitely. that vantage point. Definitely right. Yeah, I don't. I mean, you know, I. <laughs> Yeah, more pressure than I felt, you know, a couple years ago when I was, you know, just going up at some bar in Knoxville to, you know, yell into the abyss or whatever. <laughs> now that, like, the abyss is yelling back, it's like I've got a little bit <laughs> of pressure, I guess, on me. But, I, you know, I try to just – it's like Drew was saying, I, and it's true, I'm doing the same thing, really, that I've always done since I started doing comedy, you know, seven years ago. And I just try to look at it as, you know, it got me here in the first place, so I'm just going to keep doing what I've been doing. Mm. You know what I mean? But I do feel, yeah, I mean, I feel pressure from time to time, for sure. I uh, I was driving to the airport the other day. And this, <laughs> I'll let you get going after this, but um, and I went over, but it's worth it. You guys are great. The Well-Read Podcast this weekend at the Improv. Improv.com, 412-462-5233. Uh, and I'm sorry I'm, I'm not prompting you with like funnier stuff, but it's just interesting no. to me that you guys are existing in this sort of limbo right now. Uh, we find it wild that we're existing at all. I was driving to the airport the other day, and I saw the guy in front of me in the truck. He's got a, a rebel flag. and Here? You'll yeah. see a lot oh, yeah. of Confederate yeah. flags so, around Pittsburgh. What's, what's the claim here? Hate, not heritage? Like, I don't know. We consider that they're appropriating our racism. We don't care for appropriation <laughs> any, any way you put it. I, yeah, I don't know Cover what to know, though. That, that, that's good. That, that's, good. <laughs> that's, one of the, that's one of our biggest pet peeves is like, rebel flags outside of the south because like again like you know in the south for they two still reasons. suck right yeah, yeah exactly but but yeah i don't even get where those guys are coming from you know in other places that uh the closest 
we've come to any kind of fist fight since we started touring was when we went to a uh, Hank Williams Jr. concert in uh, Indianapolis, yeah. and there was a dude whose entire outfit was made out of Confederate flags, and Drew was <laughs> hammered yeah. and uh, decided to ask him some questions about Your papa didn't kick nobody out of a gas station so you could wear that flag? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. That. I, uh, I Drew, you're him, the fighter, huh? Well, yeah. I asked him to take a picture with me, and, and I asked him. He had a Trump hat on, too, and then I started asking him about the flag and what it meant to him i was acting like i was you know on his side into it yeah. yeah and then i turned on him pretty quickly and i don't really <laughs> remember oh, much a... after that other than them well you couldn't away. say it on the radio anyway <laughs> yeah i probably are not <laughs> well read podcast how often do you guys uh drop new episodes once a week once a week every yeah, wednesday and, yeah and just so everybody knows the show tonight will be uh stand up we're not doing like a live podcast or anything because we our oh, first great. our first love and profession was uh Stand up comedy. Oh. And cheese, right. And but no, we drop a new episode every Wednesday. But so. yeah, but if you've ever been to a stand up comedy show, I mean it's that's what our show is in terms of format. You know, we go up one at a time and then at the end of the show some we'll go up there together and do a thing. But before that it's, you know, Corey, Drew, me, all on stage individually doing our stand up thing, which like he said, that's what we're proudest of. So come see us. We got got tickets left this weekend, Pittsburgh Improv. The uh, Well Read Podcast crew doing stand up at the improv all weekend long. Improv.com, 412-462-5233. Fellas, it was great talking with you, man. Thanks so much. Thank you. It's 46 degrees now at DVEM Val Porter. Police in South Florida say after being read his rights, Nicholas Cruz admitted he brought the AR 15 rifle to Marjorie Stoneman Douglas High School in Parkland and opened fire on students in the hallways and multiple classrooms. Broward County Sheriff Scott Israel explained that Cruz was able to get away from the scene by ditching his gun and blending in with students who were fleeing. Cruz stopped at a Walmart and a McDonald's before he was arrested over an hour later. Cruz was ordered held without bond during his first court appearance yesterday. Judge Kim Teresa Mollica laid out the charges. He did not enter a plea. He was informed he's facing 17 counts of premeditated murder for those shootings. Uh, that happened at the uh, Marjorie Stoneman Douglas High School in Parkland. Yeah. The White House is warning Russia there will be consequences yeah, right. for a massive cyber attack last year. The sure. worldwide attack disrupted companies across Europe, Asia, and the Americas. The so-called Not Petya attack started in the Ukraine. White House Press Secretary Sarah Sanders says it's the most destructive and costly cyber attack in history. Yeah, well, we'll see. There are sanctions against them that they won't impose. Maybe start by doing that since it's a law that they're breaking in Ran the White House. Randy, you brought this up yesterday briefly, but we didn't go over the full list. According to a new study, people who eat ultra-processed foods are more likely to get cancer. Mm -hmm. uh, they include, as we talked about, chicken nuggets, uh, bread, talked about cake Bre well hold on bread not freshly baked bread not if you get you yeah know. this is all mass produced yeah yeah, yeah. processed processed yeah the preservative packed food mm -hmm. cake pop cake yeah sugar man we're all on a cake Candy bars, meatballs, instant noodles. Hey, meatballs! Uh, no, not what meatballs. That got to doing? What the mass-produced. Oh, oh mass-produced meatballs. So, like I'm a, saying, these processed foods. A bucket of Costco meatballs, or wherever you choose to buy them. Uh, instant noodles. Costco. Frozen meals and processed meats. So you mean those ramen uh, noodle packets that everybody lived on through not good college for you. and beyond? 
I'm, I, ne- I'm never going to stop doing hor- putting horrible things in my body. I've just started trying to do enough good things too that at offset. least there's a race. Yeah, where this it, it's going to go down to the wire. I'm going to be alternately it's not undisputed. No, no, I'm going to be punishing and helping my body for the next forty years, and we'll see if I make it beyond that. That's the goal. <laughs> Uh, want to seem classy? There are some things you can do that make you seem classy, even if you aren't. 76% say going to the opera makes you seem classy. Ooh, well, I, I love I've, the idea of going to the opera. I never go to the opera, I've but I love to the, the idea of going to the opera. No interest. I would go to the symphony. There's some good symphonies. I've been to the symphony. Uh, they're doing, I think Beethoven's Fifth is coming up. Mm. Whoa! That's, I didn't see the first four though. Well, it'll. Well, I understand. Any totally, of it? it's completely separate. Okay. Going to the ballet. That's one I can't get down with. As woke as I try to be, the ballet ain't having it. No. I just can't. I don't appreciate it. You know, it's like I don't have the palate for certain. I don't appreciate wine, the way that some people are able to. I don't appreciate certain foods the way some people are able to. I can't appreciate dance. Dance has no effect on me. <laughs> Some people are moved to tears by dance. I just can't watch dance. I just went to the to the ballet, and it was great. I mean, I, I you know, right. you're there thinking these are the most impressive athletes I've seen in a year. Well, there's that, uh, uh, and and the symphony played, and it was great. And I was so distracted having to fight the urge to just mystery science theater right through the whole thing. Mm-hmm. I am too trained to be quipping. You know, when Captain Fancy is up there evaluating the ladies, it's like, I, I can't hold all of that back. Oh, mm-hmm. the Goblin Beard King is here with his army of swans. Like, I can't not do that. <laughs> <laughs> I need an opera box just so I can riff. <laughs> going to an art exhibit, going to a spa. I don't think that makes you feel, seem classy. Well, uh, I've, when's the last time you've been to a spa? A long time. <laughs> like a whole day kind of spa. Maybe never. <laughs> never, right? Yeah. Because you don't want to? No, those are expensive, expensive, man. They rack up. <laughs> That's several hundred dollars. I you know just because to... I bought a couple of spa trips for my wife and my mom. And I mean, it's the Manny Petty yeah, massage, massage seaweed wrap. You're yeah, talking that's... hundreds and hundreds of dollars here. You're basically, they treat you like a Chevy. They like throw you up on a lifts and yeah sh- just check the undercarriage the yeah it's like a rube goldberg machine in slow motion change the oil shine you up <laughs> going to the theater a museum a casino and eating in a nice restaurant I a think, casino i think they mean like that's James not classier than a penny slots and <laughs> generic cigarettes <laughs> Some things the survey found don't make you classy. Going to the movies, seeing live music, except maybe classical, seeing live stand-up comedy. These don't make you seem classy? According to this survey, yes. Going to see live music isn't classy? Who did this? It's just a survey. It's not. Going to see live music isn't necessarily classy. It's just, you're, it's fun. It depends who you're going to see. If you're going to see Insane Clown Posse, not classy. Not classy. Going to bingo and having dinner at a bar. Bingo is maybe one of the <laughs> least classy things you can do. You know, it was uh, it, um, Gilda Radner was addicted to bingo. Really? It's the weirdest <laughs> thing. She always sought out bingo games and went by herself and played bingo. 
and she she like bragged about how many cards she could keep going at the same time and stuff. That's a very strange. Yeah, that's a very weird. Like, I tell you, okay. it's impressive how those people can do that. If you have like a bunch of cards, Run out, a bunch it's of cards. Like, holy smokes! How are you even paying attention? Is there a penalty if you yell bingo and don't have it? Yes. Uh, it's frowned yes. upon. Yes. Because yeah. why wouldn't you just shot. be like bingo? Let me check. Hold on, maybe I'm wrong about that. Because there is a first come, first served. If you if, if you have it, but somebody else yelled it, you're not getting it, right? Um, you got to be on. You yell it and don't, don't have it, cattle prod. Yeah. Right? I don't That'd know if you awesome. have to split the kitty or what. Should, there should be a penalty box. Just send grandma over to the corner for two cards. They just come over and rip up her card in front of her. Or they yeah. take some of her medicine. Take her dauber. <laughs> no. Hey, let's play it. Like, like, let's really do it, you know? Take away her fish sandwich. I went to a purse bingo. It was a fundraiser last year. Yeah. People go bananas. When they get bingo? Yeah. I had a guy. Because it's like high end purses. How many people get injured yelling bingo? I bet a lot Maybe of people get lot. injured because jumping up from their table. There was a guy. I was. I hosted an open mic in Squirrel Hill at this place called PD's Pub back in the day, and we had a, a stand up competition this one night. And this guy is hammered, and he's just yelling out bingo. And I'm like, "Hey, bingo, Bob, shut your mouth! All right, like you can <laughs> you can heckle me all you want. The other guys are are just starting out. They're trying to be funny. Just don't heckle them." Every every single comic goes up there. He's yelling bingo, bingo, bingo. So afterwards, this this comic named Rico Cooper, who's since passed away, this dude was tough as nails. He would do stand up in a wife beater. I remember that. Dude. Right? Yeah. He was like the toughest dude in the room at all times, and he won that night of the competition. So I was congratulating him, and the the guy who kept saying bingo all night stepped up in his ear and was like, "Yo, dog, I'm from Baltimore." And Rico's like, hold on, Bill. What'd you just say? He said, I'm from Baltimore. And he just put his phone, Rico just put his phone in his pocket and just ongbok elbowed this guy <laughs> and knocked him out cold. And he hit the ground like a bag of bricks and the whole room was silent. And one of the dudes at the bar who was hammered just turned around and went, bingo. <laughs> <laughs> classic. We had to drag this guy out of the bar. We woke him up. He, he was like, what happened? I was like, I don't know, man. You you yelled bingo and then fell asleep. Bingo, mother. <laughs> I don't know what happened. I love the drunk guy yelling, bingo. He had just come from a bingo game. <laughs> and he was as hammered well, as I've ever seen that, anybody. That explains it. You know, yeah. you know how you get really hammered at bingo. No, you're still telling that story. You know who's definitely still telling that story? The guy who yelled bingo. Yeah. That's his big one. <laughs> bingo. Bingo. Journey keyboardist Jonathan Kane, Jonathan Kane once again commenting on his feud oh with boy. Neil Schoen over a White House visit by some members of the band. In a recent interview, Kane, who is married to President Donald Trump's spiritual advisor Paula White Kane, said his visit was an historical chance and not political. Kane, who was accompanied on the visit by singer Arnel Pineda and bassist Ross Valerie added that the visit wasn't really a band sort of thing, saying he and his wife have been friends with Sarah Huckabee Sanders from before the quote-unquote presidential thing. Neil Sean is so pissed at Jonathan Cain, Jonathan Cain's wife being that spiritual advisor mm-hmm. to, to, to Trump, the evangelical crazy lady who doesn't think you need to get a flu shot. Um, because what, wait, what No, was that her? was a different woman. Oh, it was? Yeah. I thought that was Jonathan Cain's wife. That was wife. a different lady. Um, a different crazy lady. So... Not that uh, this is not an argument against Jesus. Liz, dad, for your sniffles. It was it's yeah. Right. Her, her reasoning was shot. really bad. It yeah. was so. At any rate, Jonathan Kane is all aboard the Trump train, and Neil Sean's like, dude, 
You're going to get our lead singer <laughs> deported. What are you doing? Dude. <laughs> Stop it. We can't find another guy yeah. to sing these songs that good. We He's tried. out of here. I mean, we found one guy in the middle of the Philippines who could sing like Steve Perry. Is Steve Perry behind this whole thing? <laughs> Steve Perry's calling ice every morning. He's like, they're playing it in Birmingham tonight. And Neil They'll be Young. on the midnight train going anywhere. They're south of Detroit. <laughs> Neil Young is blaming record labels for torpedoing his high-quality uh, Pono audio player. Don't you have one of those? No. Pono? Why did I think I heard you talk about it? I was going to get one, but then they were completely impractical. In yeah. a recent interview, Young claimed record companies insisted on charging two to three times as much for his high-res files That's as for the lower-quality MP3, which led to Pono and its connected download service shutting down last year. Young recently opened an online archive featuring his entire catalog in high-quality streaming. Currently, it's available for free. You get what you pay for. There's no doubt about it. In, in, in those files, it would have sounded better. I have to tell you, though, that is one of the, like, I am embarrassed with how I was just telling you I don't have the palette for certain things I have never been an audiophile I've never been somebody who has to have the best sound like there's a threshold for me that I don't want to go below but once I get above it I'm cool I got new speakers I got new speakers and I was so excited with how great it sounded but for years like just recently I got them um, I got these polks that sound awesome but I never cared too much before that. I'm like, ah, these, you know what? These are these are bad speakers. I got to get rid of them. And I just didn't do enough about it. I, See, I don't care about that. But I thought you would just because you have such a discerning ear. Like when I'm listening to it, I don't hear the individual instruments or how the, the music is put together. I'll, you know, I guess what I'm saying is an MP3 that is be- playing out of a Sonos speaker sounds great to me. And the amount of difference between that? that yeah i have that that must i must be confused then must have been sonos or yeah Pono. no i have sonos that's, yeah okay, i love i love the sonos that whole system i think is really cool but um, wasn't that the wasn't that the thing you had to buy to get the album neil the young's Pono. yeah because they, they there was a couple other things like that like title you know so a couple people put albums out where T-I-D-A-L. you had to, yeah that was the jay-z kanye, or kanye kanye west put yeah. out a thing and you had to buy that to get the it was album. Madonna, Kanye, um, the the DJ with the uh, Dan- um, DJ Khaled. No, the the big head, the mouse or the oh. Danger Mouse, not Danger Mouse. You know, Daft not Punk? Daft Punk. Dead Mouse. Thank you, Joe. Dead Mouse, not Danger Mouse. This guy. It's a different that. mouse. Yeah, two interim Joe. Yeah, I always oh, get my dude, he's my mice mixed up. She's trying to shed that interim. He needs to get that erased. <laughs> Uh, forecast today, rain and snow, temperatures dropping into the 30s. It'll be in the teens overnight tonight. It's 46 at DVE. You only have a couple hours left to get on to DVE.com and take the nutting quiz to register for a free trip to keep rooting on Andrew McCutcheon or Garrett Cole, at least for one more day or two more days. 30 minutes. 30 minutes? Oh, it closes at 9. Yeah, that's Okay, what you got 30 told. minutes to do that. We're giving away this, uh, this awesome trip so you can... Keep rooting for your favorite. They're going to send your baseball heroes out of town. We'll send you to keep rooting for DVE Sports. Mike Pursuta with your sports right now on the DVE Morning Show. Nice win for the Pens last night as they continue to roll and uh, ramp up the intensity as they head towards a potential third 
consecutive Stanley Cup. Yeah, and they did all that in the type of game they're going to have to win in the playoffs uh, against a good, determined team that was every bit as desperate as they were. Sports is our brought to you by ChooseNissan.com. The Pens beat the Kings 3-1 to last night. It was 1-1 after two periods, and then rookie Zach Aston Reese did it again, his third in two games on the power play at 524. 2-1 Pens at that point. They kept it 2-1 Pens until Evgeny Malkin provided the explanation point. Penguins with it again, a shot back. Down he blocked it up. Malkin made it, and it happened. And Malkin finishes this game with an empty net goal. Drew Downey made a Jonathan quick save on the Penguins. But it's Malkin who finishes and gives the Penguins their third goal in the kitchen. is close. Well, they looked like uh, a confident team last night. They looked like a mentally tough team last night. They looked like a team that knows how they have to play to win, and the team determined to take some shots both on their goaltender and on their person and just keep coming. Uh, that was that's, what's, uh, that's what Mike Sullivan preaches about. That's what they're after. That's what has worked the last two years. 3-1 pens over the Kings. Kings were, they wanted that one last night, yeah. man, in a big way. And they're a, they're a big, heavy, tough team with some skill and with a great goalie. I know they're on the outside of the playoffs looking in right now, but they're, yeah. I, I think uh, Mirzi mentioned last night there were 17 guys combined on both rosters with two Stanley Cups. <laughs> so the Kings know how to win, too. Multiple Cups, yeah. And they knew they were going to have yeah. to face a desperate team, and they came out and did what they did. And that's, you know, it's going to be a challenge until the playoffs, and then it's going to be a tougher challenge. But they're, they look like they're warming up to it. Cool side note to see Willie O'Ree in attendance. Yeah. Ryan Reeves getting Ryan the first Reeves goal. That was that was uh, poignant. He told him he was going to get him one. Yeah, that was great. And uh, Penguins uh, trail the Caps by three. Washington won last night, five to two, in Minnesota. Seventy-three points for the Caps, seventy for the Pens. Toronto's here Saturday night, and the Penguins are at Columbus on Sunday. Kevin Colbert, the Steelers general manager, meeting with some media yesterday on the South Side, and. Uh, among the topics that Kevin Colbert broached were, or excuse me, was the performance of the defense. How did it get to the point where the Steelers gave up 45 points in a playoff game to Jacksonville and lost said playoff game to Jacksonville? Here's Colbert uh, assessing what happened and what didn't happen on the D. We knew going into this season that the defense, the offense, we had better players on offense. It was more more experience, um, better group, a better group of players. So we knew the defense would be a, a work in progress that we felt would get better, and it did get better until the end. And I, I think obviously Ryan was a big part. Not having Ryan was a big part of that. The defense did improve, but we were still giving up some big plays um, that we hadn't. Uh, previously, the the run stuff was um, the Chicago game was you know we were very bad in the run game, run defense, and then there were some other games later on um, where we didn't play as well, and it, it was almost like we were I don't want to say non-aggressive, but you know we were under aggressive against the run and over aggressive against the pass and getting ourselves caught out of position. Well, I wonder how the defense feels about the GM saying they were. Non-aggressive slash under-aggressive against the run. 
They probably feel overly aggressive about that. Maybe that was the whole point. Uh, yeah, I don't know, man. I, again, no changes to the major changes to the defensive coaching staff. I think there needs to be some some pretty significant changes to the personnel. Well, he talked about it in the past there, and there's players. a big change coaching wise there. All right, I mean the players. Actually, the two play. I think John Mitchell's a pretty significant change. I don't I don't know if it's for the better, but well, you know, it's got all... it's got to start with the D line. And... Yeah, they were great all year except for that game. Yeah. They were not great against Jacksonville. So uh, we shall see what we shall see. Uh, Kevin Colbert also addressed what they have potentially coming back and what they need to potentially bring in. And he talked about Ryan Shazier. We can uh, get to that shortly, Randall. Quick break. We'll come right back. More with Mike Pursuta. Sean Collier here as well. Another look at the big movie of the weekend. Possibly biggest of the year. Possibly biggest in quite some time. I, I think however much you think this is going to sell, it's going to sell more. I think this could end up being the best word of mouth year. for a movie I've... Yeah. I can remember since Wonder Woman. Yeah. Some a fitting comparison. <laughs> well, I just saw that this week. What a great flick. Yeah. Yeah, it's on demand now. It's on Netflix, I think. It's on... E- no. It's on one of the movie channels, It's on too. HBO, for sure. Is it is on it? Netflix? I don't know. I think it's on HBO. But uh, fitting comparison that they are both among the very best superhero movies. I'll tell you more about that. I'll tell you, if we get Black Panther and Wonder Woman together, that'd be a good one. Probably find something like that on Pornhub right now, but I mean... (laughs) Yep. Are there Germans, too? (laughs) (laughs) Oh, geez, I hope not. Not on on that site. Uh, When we come back, (laughs) Mike will have more on that uh, talk with Kevin Colbert, and I want to remind you, 2018 Pittsburgh Polar Plunge, Saturday, February 24th. Special Olympics of Pennsylvania benefits. You're jumping in the water and freezing for a reason. Sign up on the iHeartRadio team with me and Bob McLaughlin from the X, Scottro from KISS, or form your own team and uh, get signed up to jump in the river with about 900 other people. It's a blast. It's a great day, and it all benefits Special Olympics. A ton of athletes are there. It is a super fun day. If uh, you're tired, if, you, if you're feeling like uh, you're all wrapped up and self-involved in your social media bubble, this is a great way to break out of it. And if you're too chicken to jump but want to contribute, you can do that as well at specialolympicspa.org. It's the DV Morning Show, Mike Pursuta. With a follow-up to last segment there with Kevin Colbert speaking to the media. The Ryan Shazier news, um, I think at this point, it's it, it's cathartic for Steeler fans. For Well, not just Steeler fans, everybody to just hear how well he's doing. But to hear that his involvement has carried on with the team to the extent which Kevin Colbert has talked about yesterday... That, that certainly does make everybody feel a lot more hopeful about his, his future. Yeah, and, and Kevin Colbert uh, went as far as to call uh, what's going on with Ryan Shazier these days uplifting. Uh, here's what he had to say about where Ryan Shazier is at and what Ryan Shazier is up to. It's been great for both of us. Uh, you know, Ryan works extremely hard at his rehab. Um, <clears throat> so from a physical standpoint, he's, he's continuing to work Uh, to overcome this injury but what we've enabled him to do is also be involved with the football part of it because we think it's important for him to um, still have that in front of him 
and he'll come in here. He's here on a daily basis. He he does some physical workouts in the morning. He either sits in with the coaches or he'll sit in with us. He's learning some personnel stuff uh, just to keep him involved with us. And, and then he goes and does his rehab at a rehab facility. But the great thing about it is um, Ryan does as much for us as we do for him because the way he works at this and the, the, the attitude that he has shown in his rehabilitation is it's really uplifting uh, never once has he said why me and that um, I, th I think that I know that's a uplifting um, gesture for the, for us and those that deal with him because you know he shows us that there's problems everybody has problems but you know he's going to work to overcome his as we should ours that's so great that they're doing this that they're st sticking behind him through this I bet you it means the world to him. Yeah, and it seems like it means the world to them, too. Uh, I mean, he's got a long journey ahead of him as far as the physical rehabilitation, but to hear that he's in this good of spirits, that's that has to be lifting him up. Yeah, and, you know, who knows what he's uh, – maybe the coaches are learning a thing or two. Maybe he'll be a contributor in personnel at some point down well, the road. He's a super but, smart guy. Um, knows the game. Horrific situation, but a heroic response to it, mm -hmm. I guess is the way to put it. Is that all you got? Yeah, I mean, I I could play another one about the defense. But no, no, no. Not after that. That's that's the main course right there. Sean Collier is here from Pittsburgh Magazine. Going to be talking about Black Panther, which might be the biggest movie ever. I, I, I think people are underestimating how much people are excited for this and how many people are going to come out and see it this weekend. It is, and it helps. Watch. Watch when you see all of the Superman movies that are kind of underwhelming. See how much better a movie does when it's good. Think about that. Hey, if you make it... Word of mouth spreads. People go back and see it a second time. We lost decades to Michael Bay because no one thought, hey, if we make them good... More people will show up. How about that? Val has news coming up after the top of the hour. Valerie. I'm going to tell you how to get a good night's sleep, and you'll like it. Andre Costello and the Doobie Miners are going to be in the uh, studio. No, I'm just kidding. The Cool Miners. Their brand new record release tomorrow at the Buell Planetarium with a synced live laser show. Very excited for this That's show. the way to release <laughs> It's going to be album. so cool. They'll be performing live in the coffee house coming up, DVE. True love it. It's 45 degrees at DVE. I'm Val Porter. A GoFundMe page is raising money to support victims of the Florida school shooting at Marjorie Stoneman Douglas High School in Parkland. A local foundation has set up the Stoneman Douglas Victims Fund to raise funds for the victims and their families to provide relief and financial support. The GoFundMe page quickly surpassed its original goal of $100,000. It's currently over over 688000 Officials say there have been several fraudulent GoFundMe accounts claiming to raise money for the victims. Uh, the official uh, account is the Stoneman Douglas Victims Fund, uh, so you can find that at GoFundMe.com. 
President Trump is postponing a campaign rally scheduled in Ambridge next week. Organizers say they are postponing the visit out of respect for the victims of the Parkland shooting. Uh, the event was meant to be a rally for Republican congressional hopeful Rick Saccone, who does have a slight advantage over Connor Lamb with less than a month until the election. And does Stormy Daniels have some company? An explosive new report in The New Yorker suggests Mm -hmm. President Trump had an affair with a Playboy model in 2006 and 2007. And that's while he was married to Melania and after the birth of Barron. The magazine has acquired an eight-page handwritten account describing a purported relationship between Trump and Karen McDougal. The two met on a shoot for The Apprentice at the Playboy Mansion. The story describes a series of meetups in a private bungalow at the Beverly Hills Hotel where they would have sex. That is the same spot Stormy Daniels said in that 2011 In Touch Weekly interview that she would meet Trump. The handwritten notes also say Trump flew McDougal around the country to public events like golf tournaments. Uh, McDougal confirmed to the New Yorker the notes are in her handwriting but would not say anything else. So why hasn't this story broken before now? Well, according to a Wall Street Journal report in November of 2016, American Media Incorporated, which is the publisher of the National Enquirer, paid McDougal 150 grand for an exclusive and never published it. AMI head David Pecker is a friend of Trump's and oh, yeah. allegedly uses this catch-and-kill strategy as a de facto non-disclosure agreement. If yeah. McDougal were to tell the story elsewhere, AMI could sue for breach of the exclusivity con- uh, agreement. AMI, uh, AMI oh, wow. also gave McDougal a job writing a health and fitness column for one of its websites. Aha, it's just unbelievable. Interesting. By the way, the guy that blew all this uh, wide open, Ronan Farrow. Oh, really? Yeah. Mm. Oh, wow. Once again, Woody Allen's kid. He broke the Harvey Weinstein. Yeah. Wrote the article. And that was, I mean, that was tried, almost killed off by NBC because he took it to them multiple times. Yeah, and they did not want to publish anything. You know, he's. So he had to publish it in the New Yorker. He's got to be Sinatra's kid. It looks just like him. It looks just like him. I mean, how could you question it? Now it's starting to make sense why Melania didn't go to the White House. Like how she did, she just wanted to stay in New or York. Or wanted to go anywhere with him. Yeah. She's and like, slaps his hand away. <laughs> her parents would qualify for being deported, by the way, under his plan. <laughs> so she's got to have a... She's like, am I covered under that plan? And, you I'd know, like to if, get deported. <laughs> <laughs> hey, sorry. If they have the tra- go. traditional mother-in-law dynamic, maybe that's how this whole thing started. We're deporting all of them. It's not just you. <laughs> Get out of my hair. Well, some better well, lots of room. and lighter news. <laughs> a female bald eagle in the heart of nesting season after laying her second egg of the season. The bald egg nesting. On, <laughs> I think it made that noise. Uh, the bald egg is nesting on the same hillside above the Mon River for the sixth consecutive year. Some experts think the eagle will lay one more egg this week. And then yeah. you can start eagle-eyeing the, the birds while they're hatching she's like a kardashian she's just pumping them out yeah according to a new online survey adults think phys ed is a more important school subject than history 42 percent of those surveyed rank gym class as very important compared to just 39 percent who give history class the same value the his- history of phys ed is important though. <laughs> i mean i actually think for for younger kids like physical activity is more important well that was yeah. The whole one of the campaigns of Michelle Obama, 
Get moving. Get moving. It wasn't Move at the expense bottom. of learning, though. These are no. no I'm not saying that. You know the idea that you, know, you place one thing over another and the, and then a completely abolish the second thing. But again, a, a first grader is you know. Yeah, yeah but what, are you what like, literally? What did, what did you retain pr- from learning? <laughs> who was the first president? I don't know who was it. <laughs> you spent too much time in the gym. In gym class. That's the thing. We're a nation full of people who don't know who we are, where we are, where we come from, what's going on. But leg day, we hit that. We're gonna be there. Our glutes, oh. great. Our sense of history. But it goes to, you know, I mean, more kids than ever are considered obese. Right. So kids that are is an important... sedentary more than yeah, ever before. Right. No, it's good and to they're... establish that. It's With history, though, it's the problem is his teaching history can't be like, do you know what date George Washington? No, I don't care. Tell me what things mean. But the second you, you know, say... Here's maybe some things from the past that weren't a good idea. Then you got parents coming in. It's a mess. It's a mess, Bill. It is. I mean, part of the reason why the fat is not just the sedentary. I mean, look at what what everyone's eating. Someone sent us uh, Girl Scout cookies. What's the nutrition content? How many grams of fat per tag-along? Per tag-along? Let's see. Serving size, two cookies. Total fat, nine grams. So 4.5 grams of fat in a single tag-along. I'm I'm impressed. Go Go ahead. No, you go ahead. I'm impressed that you know how much fat and sugar is in stuff. Because when we were upstairs the other day and there was a bottle of grape juice there, you're like, oh, that's like 34 grams of sugar or something per serving. Just because I like, have already made the, the mistake world? of thinking I'm you doing something healthy. I've already gone through it. Learn from my, it's like, you know, it's like going through a drug phase where you're like, that doesn't work. <laughs> <laughs> there are ju- juices are n- most often a fraud. The thing well, that I you think, think you're getting something healthy and it's just, mostly just sugar. I'm like orange juice. I l- know it. No, I mean. The, the, the amount that's in there. And the well, fat grams. I just and, gave a guesstimate. It just kind of landed close. It was like probably impressive. 36 grams of sugar in there probably. Well, like look at a Gatorade. Like Gatorades are, you know, they're delicious. And you think like, oh, this is probably, I'm rehydrating. It's got electrolytes, idiocracy style. <laughs> and, uh, you know, it's got like I think 20 grams of sugar in it or something like that. I think the I'm most offensive thing about Girl Scout cookies is that they say the serving size is two cookies. <laughs> When we all know the serving size is the box. You know what's yeah. funny, though? Eight. The serving size is different on the Thin Mints than it is from the Tagalongs. Four cookies. Yeah, they, 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 they're not, they're dealing in some sort of reality, at least with that. And they you know, know what that not. means. The Tagalongs are better. That's, that's what that means. They're definitely heavier. I mean, ostensibly, people would eat less of them. So they give the serving sizes being smaller. Either way, they're, they're delicious. Enjoy they're delicious. them. Everything in moderation. Don't get me wrong. But that's the thing about Girl Scout cookies is there is no such thing as moderation. <laughs> but you pile them up. You wash those down with some Gatorade or grape juice, and you're sitting there, you're playing sure. Xbox, and you're a fat kid, not because you didn't uh, you know, go through phys ed, and you're learning, well, we're teaching them history, now they're fat. That's why I hate those <laughs> stupid studies. If you want to stop by, you like this one better. If you want to sleep better, have sex. According to a new survey of people who actually sleep well, the biggest key is getting it on. 68% said sex is what helps them get a good night's sleep. It really depends on the sex. 33% (laughs) say reading before bed is what does it for them. And 29% say they listen to music to lull them to sleep. The National Sleep Foundation agrees that sex is a great way to fall asleep since you release a hormone called prolactin, which does make you tired. 
Seventy million Americans oh, have yeah. trouble That's getting real a quality sexy night of talk. sleep. Prolactin. <laughs> you want to release that prolactin? Oh yeah. I, I I'm trying to fight my my tinnitus with like the the rain noises, like the soothing rain. Oh sound. yeah, sure. Uh, my, Turn your earbuds down. That's the first start. My <laughs> yeah, I've done that. My my last night, my girlfriend woke me up in the middle of the night and said, "I think." Is everything okay? I think it's flooding. I think there's a bad flood outside. I was like, nope, still the rain sounds. Still just, they're still on. Meanwhile, it was really raining super hard. Yeah. It was, but she just woke up confused and thought that the Spotify night rain playlist <laughs> was the second coming of Noah's flood outside the house. But as far as like sex causing sleep, that's, yeah, you know, in most cases. But if you're doing like Fifty Shades of Grey, I, I, I got to think there's, there's a little... Uh, it's not like, oh, that was so nice. Just I just want to fall asleep in the leather. I don't even want to take the leather <laughs> off. You know what I mean? Like I don't That's, uh, restrictive yeah. for sleeping. I don't think it, I can't not, get this zipper undone. Can you help? I don't think it extends to any BDSM stuff. Plus, if you disappoint your partner, then you're up all night thinking about that. <laughs> There's that too. Boy, God, I would do a, this better. Really, really sorry about that. Really I am tripped out of the gates, didn't I? If I just fall asleep right now, it's gonna make it even worse. <laughs> <laughs> I better go do the dishes or something. Oh, yeah. Chris Rock has admitted to cheating on his ex-wife. The comedian opened up about being unfaithful in his new Netflix stand-up special, Chris Rock Tambourine, saying he cheated with three women while he was on tour before his 2016 divorce. In the special, Chris Rock took full responsibility for his actions and said he wasn't a good husband. He was married for 18 years to Malay Compton, who uh, he has two daughters with. The the bit that he did about that was so it was it, it wasn't it wasn't like it was funny, but he showed the dynamics. He's like, I know every woman in here is like, Man, I hate you, Chris. Why you do this, Chris? You're such a dirtbag, Chris. And every guy in here is like, Only three women? <laughs> That's it? I work at UPS and I get more females than that. <laughs> you know? It's good, uh his documentary, Tamarine, very good. It's not a documentary. Yeah. Or documentary. Stand-up stand-up special. Sorry, I'm so used to saying documentary. It's, it's not a documentary. It's a stand-up special. It's good. I watched the uh, really Sebastian Maniscalco one last weekend. It was it's pretty good. so too. good. Metallica and Vans have teamed up for yet another line of sneakers and clothing. It's the third time the band has designed something with the sneaker company. The uh, There are two new shoes, a skate high reissue with a Metallica logo etched into the base of the sneaker and a classic slip-on model with a logo across the top and the same Metallica logo etched in the base. Uh, there's also a short sleeve T-shirt and a trucker hat. All four items will be available at Vans retail stores, <laughs> Vans Online, and Metallica.com starting Friday. You all right? Yeah, just going to head out and get some Metallica shoes. Uh, rain and snow, temperatures dropping into the 30s uh, this <laughs> afternoon. Teens overnight tonight, it's 46 at DVE. Lace them up. When you tie them, it goes off to never, never land. Every time. Never gets old. <laughs> Andre Costello and the Cool Miners have a brand new record, and they are releasing it tomorrow at uh, the Buell Planetarium. This is such a cool thing. They've linked up, or synced up, rather, a laser show with all the new songs. Andre, lasers. Matt, and uh, Nick uh, joining us right now. How are you guys doing up there? I'm good. I'm good. It's a. I want to correct you. It's a premiere. So the album's not out. This it's a is, premiere. So you're not releasing the album. Yeah, I don't even know why we're promoting it right now. It's. <laughs> but when is it coming out? Uh, I don't know. No. Um. Let's see. I have it written down on the the one sheet there. Uh, the 18th of May. 
Oh, oh it's a sneak week, preview. Right. Yeah. Yeah. See, I have misunderstood this entire thing, which is not unusual. <laughs> I uh, I typically am half informed. All right. So this you're not the only one. So yeah, but did a lot of people think this was your record release? There's been yeah, it's been kind of conflicting in the in the in the fake news. They've said uh, <laughs> they've, <laughs> called it, they've called it a premiere, uh, and yeah, I don't know. You can only tell them once. I'm not gonna. I don't know. I'm just glad you guys are there and not out in the parking lot getting high right now. <laughs> yeah, I mean, we uh, we got a we got a job to do. We're That's right. Ups. We've grown up a lot. Good. Since we were here last. On it. Well, you're one of my favorite uh, songwriters in Pittsburgh, and you have one of the most kick-ass bands in Pittsburgh, and uh, they're with you uh, right now. What are we gonna hear? Uh, it's a song about Metallica shoes. <laughs> awesome. Uh, it's gonna Perfect. Rock. Yeah. Uh, it's Timely. Kind of makes you feel good. It's a, it's about it's a it's a driving song. It's about uh, being on the road. Good deal. Yeah. The Point Park University stage and the Permanis DVE Coffee House. Here's Andre Costello and the Cool Miners.
Mike Pursuta with your sports right now on the DVE Morning Show and the Pens with a, not much needed, but, a, you know, an encouraging win. I mean, it looks like this is, they're really turning it on, Mike. Signature win? There you go. They did it the way they do it. Sports is out brought to you by Panhandle Cleaning and Restoration. If you're a Penguins fan, the chances are good that you liked uh, last night's 3-1 to win over the Los Angeles Kings at the PPG Paints Arena. Head coach Mike Sullivan loved it, loved the way his team played, loved the way his team Went about its business, not just because of what it did to the Kings, but because of what it means for his team, as Sullivan likes to say, moving forward. The game had a playoff feel in the sense that there wasn't a lot of ice out there. You know, LA's a team that's hard to play against. They're big, they're strong, they make you work for your ice, they make you work for every opportunity you get. I thought the third period was one of the best periods we've played in a while. In a one-goal game, you know, we kept... We stayed with it. I thought our puck pursuit game was really good. I thought we, you know, we took care of the puck. We, we made sure that uh, we made good decisions and, and didn't feed their transition game. And you know, I think when this, when our team takes what the game gives us, and we don't force plays that aren't there, we force teams to play that 200-foot game. That's when our team's at its best. It gives us an opportunity to generate offense different ways. And you know, I, I know our team can be dangerous off the rush. But I think our team is every bit as dangerous off the forecheck with our punt pursuit game with some of the speed that we have and the quickness and the sticks and the skill. So, you know, we're a team that I know is capable of generating offense different ways, and I thought tonight was an indication of that. The third period tonight for me was is, is a great example of, of the mindset that we have to play with moving forward. Not much more needs to be said. He checked all the boxes, as his team did throughout that 3-1 win. Penguins are now 14-4-1 since January. They're three points behind the Capitals, who won in Minnesota last night in the Metropolitan Division. The Pens host Toronto on Saturday night, and then they are at Columbus on Sunday. Steelers general manager Kevin Colbert met selected members of the media yesterday on the south side, and he talked about his defense both as one that has a lot of players with potential returning if the Steelers want them to return, and he also hinted that uh, maybe is in need of some new blood. You know, the group we have coming back, most of those players are either in their prime or they're on the rise. And I, I do believe that group has a chance to get better. Does that mean we won't add to it? Um, if we don't change the roster we had in 2017, what reason would we think there would be any difference in the results? So we have to be ready to be better than we were last year. Steelers are also ready for anything as it relates to Le'Veon Bell. They want to get a long-term deal hammered out. Colbert said yesterday the Steelers want Bell to be a Steeler for life. But they're also prepared to use the franchise tag again if they have to. Uh, They'd like to get the long-term deal done, and they'd also like to get Bell in training camp next year. We want everybody to be in camp so you can grow as a team. Uh, Training camp is very important. Um, Could he have been better had he been in camp? How do we know? Uh, That's something that, you know, he would have to decide. Again, when you're not contractually obligated, there's nothing you can do but to encourage a player or any player to be here. And... um, Maybe he would have been better had he been here. Maybe we would have been better. Um, but that, again, that doesn't 
that doesn't change our wanting to sign him to a long-term deal. It's hard to imagine Bell being any better than he was. and uh, He was terrific. 13-3 and three is what it was. <laughs> uh, the defense got to get better first and foremost. But it was, it was interesting to hear Kevin Colbert talk about Le'Veon Bell as a guy who, quote, didn't disappoint in any aspect after he eventually joined the team. They, they wanted him at camp, but as he mentioned contractually, Bell didn't have to be there, so nothing they could do. But he said Bell was a great guy on the field and in the locker room. So some of the comments, they don't they don't seem to care about that. That's not going to be a hiccup in terms of getting a long-term deal established. Uh, we'll see what the salary cap winds up being and how much Le'Veon Bell winds up demanding. Sounds like he's at least going to be here on the franchise tag again. Yep. Whether he'll honor that or not is what remains. Yeah, he might retire, yeah. He might, might walk away. Right. From... Some people, I, I, I think they should franchise tag him and say thanks for everything. Yeah. But Ben Roethlisberger might have a completely different opinion of that. You know, there's two ways to look at it. Do you need that money that you're going to That's, throw at him God, we to need... fix the defense? Or do you say, hey, you still got Ben Roethlisberger, keep the all-pro receiver, keep the all-pro running back, hope Vance McDonald gives you much more at tight end, and just try to outscore him to death? Yeah, I mean, I think that's what they want to do. That's that's what it looks like and sounds like they want to do. They want to stay yeah. uniquely dominant on offense. Problem with that is one of those guys gets hurt and that plan goes down. The and they're talking about Mike Mitchell. You know, Jerry Dulac said uh, in the Post Gazette today he wrote that uh, it, it, he interprets Kevin Colbert's words as moving on without Mike Mitchell. Well, to whom would be my question. Great question. Not J.J. Wilcox, because they, they seem to be moving on from him, too. Releasing him's oh, one yeah. thing. Finding somebody to play that position is another. Val is terrified. She's like, what is happening? First I thought you were banging on your microphone. I'm like, what is that? This is the Black Panther theme song. Ah, full album uh, put together by Kendrick Lamar. Really Have good. white nationalists already started? Oh, of course. With the, oh, yeah. where's the white panther? <laughs> it's... Because His name is Thor, everybody. We've wh- seen him. The White Manther is in the in the White House. I know that. That's right. That's right. Uh, yes, the hotly anticipated Black Panther, now in theaters. And w- we're going to get to it. And we'll get to it soon. After the break. I see. It's just This is called a tease, Sean. Oh, okay. A musical tease. Yes. Kind of like when you teased being here at 7.15, but spilled coffee all over yourself. Full cup. Yeah. Right to the gut. Well, you got to do it. You're supposed to take it to the face, not to the belly. I mean, it did wake me up, but... Desired effect. Yeah. Supposed to end up in your belly anyways. Right. It's on you, not the coffee. Just skip the middle, man. Hey, it's Randy Baum. Yeah, the DV Morning Show, Black Panther in theaters from Pittsburgh Magazine. Movie reviewer Sean Collier here to talk about what might be the biggest movie ever. I do want to open with a bit of a a public service announcement for, for comic book fans. And let's be specific for, for, you know, white male comic book fans, a group which you may be aware can tend to be a bit outspoken mm-hmm. from time to time. Dare I say, a certain segment of the comic book fandom can be perhaps a bit overly critical in their opinions. And look, I know a thing or two about a being an opinionated critical white male, so I'm speaking from a place of intimate knowledge here. Here it mm-hmm. is. I know that a new Marvel movie is out. And I know that most comic book fans immediately storm Twitter like our grandparents hit the beaches of Normandy to make sure that everyone knows all the things they did not like about every new film. For once, for once, for once, 
maybe keep those thoughts to yourself this weekend. Just maybe. Trust me. The world would get along fine without knowing that actually in the comic books, this character had a hat that was... Just skip it for a few days. This is going to be a big weekend for a lot of people. You are going to shut up and let them have it. I know, but I'm making the point. No, shut up, shut up. Just just for a little bit. <laughs> shut up. Just shut up. I, on the other hand, am a professional opinionated white guy, so I have to give my thoughts. Fortunately, here's my reaction. Black Panther is the best Marvel movie. Wow. Uh, ten that's, years. That's a hot take. Just short of 20 movies in the Marvel Cinematic Universe. There has not been a stronger film. Everything the Marvel movies do well... This one does well. It's fun. It looks great. The character building is great. The world building is great. It's good at all the normal Marvel stuff. And this cast is perfect. Chadwick Boseman, Michael B. Jordan, Lupita Nyong'o, Angela Bassett, Daniel Kaluuya from Get Out, Forrest Whitaker. The cast is so deep. They're all great. But even the stuff that Marvel movies usually let go. about Daniel Kaluuya guy, by the way, from Get Out? Mm -hmm. I mean, he goes from being an actor of moderate success. Getting by. Was on uh, an episode of Black Mirror. Mm -hmm. Jordan Peele sees that episode and puts him in Get Out, his first starring role. Right. And he got an Oscar nomination. Best actor. I think he should win, frankly. I mean, I've said that Gary Oldman does great in the like, here's an old guy playing a political figure just, with a we've voice. We've seen like, that I performance know. so many times. I think it should go to uh, Daniel Kaluuya. I, who's, I agree with you. He's yeah. awesome in Get Out. He, he really, really is. He's great in it. And great here, uh, uh, too. The stuff that Marvel movies usually can't do, this does well. One of the big knocks is always they can't figure out good villains. Quick, Bill, name a Marvel villain. Yeah, exactly. There, there's not a Joker in the bunch. So no, but far. it's like Loki? the Israelis uh, or the right. <laughs> the Palestinians or the yeah. Russians. Like, don't they typically have real it's life? Some some army yeah. from another country. No, sometimes, but it's always you know. There's like Red Skull. Thor just fought Kate Blanchett. As Michael Keaton fought Spider Man last year. They're all very forgettable. This is the best one. Michael B. Jordan is just as good as, as Chadwick Boseman is. But more than that, he's as interesting as the T'Challa character. The villain's real and rounded and sympathetic. It's a full character. The movie never gets too silly. It doesn't have that save-the-world plot that every Marvel movie does. It just does everything right. It turns out, if you get the best filmmakers, like director Ryan Coogler, who did Fruitvale Station and did Creed, the latest Rocky movie, and the best cast, and give them infinite money... Things end up working out pretty well. Funny how that works. Maybe we start prioritizing people who are good at things in Hollywood. Maybe that's the new effort. And in any case, uh, yeah, best Marvel movie, hands down. Wow. I get. I, and I definitely uh, want to see Jackie Robinson and Creed Jr. go at it. Yeah, that's a big uh, conflict in the film. This is. I do give a rating uh, every week for the Critics' Choice people. This is the only Marvel movie that I've given a ten out of ten. And probably the only superhero movie since, like, Dark Knight, maybe. There were, I really liked Wonder Woman and Logan last year. That were not quite as good as this. Think it'll make a billion? Oh, yeah. Globally, yes. Absolutely. So, um, what, what, what was the white supremacist movement to stop this? They were trying to tank it uh, on Rotten Tomatoes or something, as if that would actually have an impact? That happens every, every time. You know, that happens every Star Wars movie now. Because they feel like, you know, it's propaganda for, you know, the, 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 uh, 
diversity and and you know unrealistic. Anytime there is a Star big Wars, movie, a movie about aliens, right? They find is promoting diversity, basically because they they say there are not enough white male characters. This is trying to reduce the role of the white man in society. How do they know Chewie isn't white under all that hair? I don't want to get political this week, but maybe if we reduce the role of the white male in society a little bit, things would look more like Star Wars. Not the war part, the part where we have technological advancement. I don't know where this metaphor is going. The point is, yes, (laughs) every time there's... This happened to Ghostbusters because it was women. Uh, This happened to Wonder Woman. A group of alt-writers tries to hit the IMDb rating and, and uh, the reviews on Twitter and tank the opinion of a movie before it happens. Not going to work, guys. Hey, I'm, we figured it out. The movie isn't out yet, and you gave it a one. I wonder why. I'm just really glad that Tyler Perry had nothing to do with this movie. <laughs> Tyler Perry's <laughs> Black Panther. It's just very funny. Di- diary of a Mad Black Panther? <laughs> I can do Black Panther all by myself. <laughs> What? <laughs> he was good in Gone Girl. That's when I need to say something nice about Tyler Perry. I you remember. don't have to. He was good in Gone Girl. Maybe he's a monster. Yeah, it could be. Probably not. He's Tyler Perry. The only thing I'm afraid about Tyler Perry is if Oprah does run, he's going to be vice president. We don't need that. Just maybe secretary of one of them things that we don't actually know what they do. All right, Sean Collier, Pittsburgh Magazine. <laughs> 10 out of 10. Black... That, 10 out of 10. Black yeah. Panther. I'm pumped to see this movie. That good. Uh, that's it for us uh, for today. Special thanks to uh, the guys from the uh, Well Read Podcast for coming in today. Trey Crowder, the liberal redneck, and Corey Ryan Forster and uh, Drew Morgan. They're going to be at the Improv tonight, tomorrow night. Those guys were great. Very funny. Two shows each night. Pittsburgh Improv. Improv.com. Or call 412-462-5233 and get yourself tickets. And uh, special thanks to Andre Costello and the Cool Miners. They're going to be performing live to a, it's sold out, Buell Planetarium tomorrow, a laser show for the record premiere of a record which, gonna, which is going to drop in a couple of months, his new album. So this is going to be a great, unique Andre Costello show. What? Winners. Oh. I can't hear you, man. Winners. You're like just going... Winners like U.S. over Slovakia. Winners. Because we winners. are drawing the winners of our 2018 Spring Training Flyaway competition. That's right. We wanted to make sure you still had an opportunity to root for your favorite buckos since Bob Nutting trades them all when they become too expensive. <laughs> or at least give them a proper goodbye. Yeah, it's something. Go out and say goodbye in person. And honestly, as we've said many times... Had this been, uh, you know, something that was more along the lines of, well, we had to train them, you know, they're on the way down. We need to get better. If they didn't dismantle a 94-win team two years ago, and, uh, or is it 98? 98 wins. 98 win. Um, it, it might ring a little differently. But, you know, there's a lot of Buccos fans feeling let down by it. So we thought, all right, well, let's send them to see their favorite Buccos of yesteryear. Andrew McCutcheon. Yesteryear. And it was, well, it was last year. Last year, yeah. That's yester. Yes, it is. And the winners of our contest, hotel, airfare, and accommodations to see Garrett Cole and Andrew McCutcheon with their respective new teams. Heading to Scottsdale, Arizona. Giants tra- uh, spring training camp. Congratulations to Derek in Mount Oliver. Derek. 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 
That's right. And going down to West Palm Beach to see Garrett Cole with the Houston Astros. Lori from Clinton, PA. What's up, my Franklin, isn't it? There is a Clinton up there. That's Clintonville, though. Oh, okay. Well, that Clinton's out by the airport. Yeah. Oh, that Clinton. Well, hey, congratulations, Lori. You are headed to Florida to see Garrett Cole pitch with the Astros. And, Derek, you're headed to Scottsdale, Arizona to see Andrew McCutcheon with his brand new team, the San Francisco Giants. I'd like to thank everybody who got involved with this. We had a great response to it. Mm-hmm. And I uh, just want to let people know that when they trade Josh Harrison before the All-Star break, we'll send you to his new National League City <laughs> yeah. or American League City we just keep in doing August. Yeah, we're, we're just going to keep doing this. Every time they trade somebody. <laughs> Weekend in Seattle or right. something like that. You know, it's The great thing is, is it's a promotion that takes care of itself. It yeah. keeps replenishing. Yes. It's a never-ending supply. So thank you, Pirates. Thanks so much. Uh, Good job putting that together, Mike. <laughs> yeah, Mike, nice job on the quiz. Oh, really, really well done on the questions. You know, it was just real stuff. <laughs> Special thanks to our buddy Matt Huff for you coming in. You had a good palate to work with. <laughs> in uh, recognition of Heart Awareness Month here and uh, just finishing up CHD week, congenital heart disease, uh, Matt having been a heart recipient from Children's Hospital of Pittsburgh. He does all our comic book movies. We got his review this morning. He was a yeah, little... Yeah, he was great. He was a little less enthusiastic. His no, brother talked 11. him out of it. He had 11 out of 10, and then his Can't brother talk talked him down anything. to 8 out of 10. So you didn't want him to be too overzealous about it. But thanks to Matt Huff, and we'll see uh, all you guys tonight who are going to Brett Kiesel's 8th Annual Sheer the Beard at Jurgles. It's sold out! You'll be there with Huffy. I'll be there with Huffy and Phil Bork. Borky. Borky, Huffy and Borky. And Debo. Huffy and Borky and Debo, oh my. The opposite of the two-niner. The it, nine-tour. It's going to be 70-something degrees next week. Wow. Yeah, that's what you said. That's 72. Crazy. It's going to be 19 overnight tonight. Oh, good. That's normal. Nothing. Last night it was thunder and lightning. I'm like, is oh, it there February? There was so much thunder they last night. They think there was a uh, tornado in Uniontown. Yeah. Overnight. Normal February weather. Yeah, just like we remember, right? Nothing to be alarmed at. Bye. Over. Wrong preposition. All right. We're out of here. Mike, you got anything else? Uh, Tim Benz and I will be uh, behind the mics out on Neville Island tonight. Mercyhurst at Robert Morris on ESPN Pittsburgh. Sean. Uh, I am going to be helping out with Row House Cinema's Harry Potter Film and Cultural Festival. I am the voice of the sorting hat, everybody, today and next Friday. Oh. And they're doing two weeks of Harry Potter movies, all kinds of great events. Slytherin. Michelle yeah, like that. is up next we're with you. We're off the, Monday. What? We're off Monday. Yeah, oh. we're off Monday. We didn't get fired on Monday. See you Tuesday. Yeah, we have, uh, we get holidays off now. New holidays. Thanks to our union, our awesome union, proud union members of SAG-AFTRA. Yeah, pretty impressive. It took. 16 years to get President's Day off. Hey, once we merged, man, we became a lot more powerful. Don't you think, Val? Oh, yeah. And we got we, we get the movie screeners, too, which is also super cool. That's pretty cool. Uh, that's that's just as cool as the days off, I think. But we get uh, President's Day off, so we we'll- can watch a movie while you're on your day off, and then you got it. Well, there you go. It's like a little surface. About a president. Action. Yeah, if you watch a movie about a president on your day off, you know, that's, uh, you're doing it the right way. That's right. That's a double tufki, as they say in the Polish Falcons. All right, I'm out of here. When is the Polish Falcon movie coming up, by the way? <laughs> Far and away, the best of all the Polish superheroes. <laughs> Forgets Black Panther to fly. versus Polish Falcon <laughs> uh, every week down at the Elks. All right, good deal. 
I'm finished. You stay classy, Pittsburgh. Don't touch your face. I got him done, Pittsburgh, all day, baby. For now, you guys call me Ronald. Would you not eat my pants? Ronald. Ah! Mm-hmm.